Hello everybody and welcome to the finale of this interseason. I am your host, as always, Jack Chambers Ward, and joining me, it's Matthew Stockton. By the power vested in me, by the state of Nevada, you may now sequelize the bride. Oh, <laughs> oh there's an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> I don't think that means what you think it means, Matthew. That's You've absolutely... your is, wife horribly. Is sequelizing the bride getting divorced and remarried? Yeah. Rewriting the bad first... No. no the first one was good. The second one's bad, but you're fixing the second one. It's Rebecca. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot Literally of sense. Literally DeMario. <laughs> Speaking of blushing brides, it's Tim Matum. We are gathered here to celebrate love pure and simple. Jack is pure, Matthew is simple. That was uh, unnecessary. But accurate. I have something to say. I will not hold my peace. My peace being my pistol, where I pistol whip you in the oh, fucking car park, okay. Tim. <laughs> We haven't really guessed by the little hints there from Quite my fellow sequelizers to cap off this interseason, as I said, we're gonna talk about movie weddings. And yeah, we're gonna talk about a lot of different things. We're gonna kinda of do our usual interseason format. We'll talk about the history of movie weddings, different types, how it's used throughout film, how it parallels certain things both in real life and in the movie industry itself. And then, of course, in the second half, we'll get onto some picks, talk about, in a bit more detail, some good ones, some not-so-good ones. I hope you're looking forward to me talking about Star Trek Nemesis and and data singing Blue Skies. (laughs) Never saw the sun. It's so important because (laughs) at the end, B4 sings it. The wedding was a vital part of this movie. Wesley comes back. <laughs> They're all dressed up like sailors. sailors. <laughs> they got white uniforms. The most important thing, Will Wheaton was there. Will Wheaton That's was there. That's all you need. Yep. Well, before we get to talking about weddings and Will Wheaton, we'd like to go to patreon.com slash sequelizers and say thank you to the lovely people who support us on Patreon because you make this show possible. You make the interseason possible. You make the season that's coming up season 11 is right around the corner and as i said we've got a movie commentary coming up with episode one so if you're not already on patreon now's the right time to get on board because you get access to all the bonus episodes and stuff like that there's whole entire bonus episodes throughout the end season three per end season and three movie commentaries per main season as well you also get the archive of every bonus episode all the outtakes we've done in the past if you do go and support us at the right tier on patreon of course everyone on patreon gets ad free episodes and early access to the episodes the friday before they go up on the tuesday as well so lots of benefits there if you are able to support us we very very much appreciate it if you go up to the two highest tiers you can become an executive producer that is the highest rank on our patreon and if you go up to the highest tier itself, the three people that are on the highest tier, you actually get to pick a movie for us to sequelize coming up in the season. We've got some bad ones coming up. I know I've said this every single time, but we've got some bad ones picked by the EPs coming up in season 11. We don't we, lie. We had bad ones in season 10. I think they've been pretty kind to us, to be fair, in the interseason. They kind of let us breathe a little bit and, and recover don't in the give, interseason. Don't give them that. I think they did. Fuck that. Reasonably generous. 
But yes, when we get around to season 11, the three top tier EPs have picked some very choice bad sequels for us. And the executive producers for this week are... You don't know how much I need you. Josh Miles. James McDowell. And when we kiss, I know you need me too. Xenos. I can't believe I found a love that's so pure and true. Philip Morgan. But it all was bullshit. Stuart Mayne. It was a goddamn joke. Marcus Lindstrom. Josh van der Sluis. I lay in bed all day long, feeling melancholy. Hyper Dude Man. You left me here all alone, tears running constantly. And Jonathan Firth. Oh, somebody kill me, please! Somebody kill me, please! On my knees! Pretty, pretty, please! Yeah! Thank you, executive producers, for your support. As I said, you make this season possible. You make the main seasons possible as well, and you make it free for everyone listening on all the podcast apps around the world as well. So, gentlemen, yep. shall we dive into marriages, weddings, nuptials, and the like? Yep. Well, perhaps you two oh. should render your expert verdict, having, between the two of you, organised... At least two weddings. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah, that's fair. Matt, you've been married a bit longer than me. Why don't you kick things off? Uh, I'll be very brief. Uh, I got married in 2014. 25th of October, if you'd like to know. Uh, and it's very cliche. Oh, men never remember. It's like, I do. I fucking planned it. Um, and that's another cliche. Oh, it's a woman's big day. It's like, no, two people get married. I know some people are like, oh, it's all them. It's all, that, that's, that's you and your own couple shit. Whatever you like. My <laughs> wife and I were very much like, no, no, we, we both want to do stuff. Um, and we both come from very large um, London Irish families. And we were like, oh, uh, we're going to invite everyone. And of the, a lot of people couldn't make it because obviously it's, it was uh, the time of the year, et cetera, et cetera. And all these kind of bits and pieces. And just because, you know, it's inconvenient. It's all in London and such. Um, it was still like a 200 strong attendee. Thing. It was a big, big wedding. And it was a 3 p.m. full Catholic mass wedding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tim is Tim. Tim is having flashbacks like Nam. Um, <laughs> That's like, true. As much you said, like, oh yeah, but we've both had one. You attended both of our weddings, Tim. You've experienced both of our weddings. <laughs> He's staying so quiet. Yes. It's like yes, and I am going to hate you forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, and it was uh, like an hour and a half long ceremony, basically. Mine was a lot um, quicker. Yeah, it was a lot quicker. Yours um, had less Latin in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By by my request and insistence, there was a lot of Latin. 
I'm uh, always, that if that doesn't tell you everything you need to know about Matthew <laughs> Stockton, I insisted there was a lot of Latin at my wedding. Accurate. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, then we went to the venue, uh, which is um, so it was it's a, it's a venue that's been a music video for a long time. And uh, upstairs is this like a, like a gig, basically. We said, "Oh, we'll do us, us on the stage and everyone else in the in, in the rest of the of the mm. hall." Um, and the main meal was pie and mash. It was all very good, except it was you when tell they arrived. You from London. Yeah, it's true. When I arrived, um, they blew a fuse, so they had real problems cooking everything. It was a real nightmare. Christ. Um, I was. I shall point out. Sorry, I was 15 minutes late to my own wedding. Yes. Uh, Emma had to circle around. My wife had to circle around the car. She didn't know what was going on, uh, but didn't really care because it was a nice car, apparently. And literally, we got we, we did the olive branch. Like, we're going to invite every fucker. I don't care about your own politics. I don't care about what people do and don't speak to each other. I'm going to at least invite everybody because every time you see your family, it's funerals. So fuck it. If you have a grudge with it, put it to one side. It's not my problem. Everyone had a good time, and if they didn't, I don't give a shit. I had a good time. I, my wife danced to like Metallica and all kinds of stuff, and I was on the stage playing chess. People you were playing me. chess. Yeah, people Again, like, to me like it was the Godfather. Like the most wishing me well. Matthew Stockton thing. Yeah, I was like, hello. I'm on the stage. You can see where I am. Come and talk to me. You come to me on the day of my wedding. My wedding. Yeah. And then the last four songs, I was dancing. And everyone was like, what the fuck is happening? And people were like leaving saying, oh my God, you're dancing now? I was like, yes. And um, what were those four songs, Matthew? Do you remember? Oh, fuck me. Uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins. Um, Sing Put a Spell on You. Wow. Uh, okay. The Dropkick Murphys. <laughs> uh, That's Irish, by the way. Yeah. Uh, what else is them? You're living up to all the stereotypes so I far. pretty much am. Was it Wu Tang? I, I, there was a few other bits and pieces, but basically, uh, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. I have a lot of positive memories of it. Um, there's also other things peripherally. Uh, we saved a lot of money by doing a lot ourselves. We created a lot of things. Same, yeah. Um, being very artistic individuals and so on and so forth. And so it still cost a lot of money, but not as much as it could have cost. Um, do you mind if I ask how much it was cost? Do you remember roughly? Yeah, central London, well, North London. 200 guests, big church, venue, double sets of food. Six grand. Jesus. We had a lot of favours. Yeah, that's really the good. The venue was 300 pounds. That's, that's half our wow, budget. that is good. We, yeah. Our venue was 1,000. <laughs> yeah. And that's really cheap. No, that was a that's for a wedding. That's a, that's a steal. Yeah. And I, I, I always think uh, mm. when, it, when it comes to planning my own highly theoretical wedding, mm. that I just... The John Hammond Any... approach of spare no expense. <laughs> the dinosaurs. Full of dinosaurs. Yeah, full of dinosaurs. But uh, just uh, one security it, for everything I'm booking, I'd just be like, yes, I'm booking something for my first wedding anniversary mm-hmm. celebration. See, mm-hmm. Tim. So they don't add an extra zero on the end. Yeah, I that's a thing. did a thing. I said, we're having a family party. I didn't say what it was for. I said it was a family party. You're not wrong. And so the catering, everyone else was like, oh, that's cool. Um, obviously, the church side of things. Why is she dressed like that? Uh, None of your fucking business. Cele- yeah. She just joined the family. Yeah, yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, but no, it was it, no real drama. I mean, like literally, everything was made, handmade by myself and my wife. So we made all the flowers because they were making them out of the uh, book pages. Mm. So the prep and run up to it was months and months and months of active hard work from us. And we were making movies and working full time at this point as well. And then we had a honeymoon as well. Didn't take place until uh, May of the following year. So you know getting all that plan as well so there were lots of bits and pieces basically tons of things to organize also we know a lot of people who are for good photographers so we gave mm. like a consultatory you're coming along would you mind doing this i can't <laughs> pay you much and that's no, fine uh, and obviously parents helped out a little bit with that cost but nothing too crazy we want we wanted it to be like no 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 we'll take out a small loan together we'll get it done and blah 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 
and it was grand. It was very enjoyable. I had a lovely time. That's that's me. Uh, Jack. Hello. You got married this year. Yeah, much more recently. In May of 2022, in fact. Yeah. And uh, you were both there. It was a lovely time. There's a great picture of the three it's of true. us together. Yeah. True. And yeah, ours was twice your budget, about £12,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saved up for it Which ourselves. Which is still very cheap. So the national average is 27 Yeah. And this was when Emma and I were Holy first crap. looking at it. Yeah. It's an entire salary on a day. Yep. Which melts my brain. An industry of madness. Yeah. And there's a whole thing where you, you're totally right, both of you saying the whole, oh, yeah, it's for a... A family uh, gathering, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, good, yeah, that'll be five hundred pounds. Like, it's for a wedding, that'll be six thousand pounds. Like, wait, what? Yep, that's I can't remember. They know you'll find the money. Yeah, somebody did a very like anecdotal study of like calling around places and like one person doing one researcher called and said, "I'm organising this thing for this wedding in November," and the other person called and said, "I'm organising a family gathering in November at the same venue," and it like doubled or tripled the price of basically everything yeah yeah it's absolutely ridiculous it's such a bollocks industry but yeah uh, my wedding was really nice it was very hot being in may the weather was pretty much perfect which was lovely we were kind of worried like is it going to be too hot is it going to rain at some point it had been raining like the week before that's true and we were quite worried i got and then worried we were going to be too hot because i've got a three-piece suit emma's dress was fucking enormous Mm-hmm. So, and full of layers, as I later found out. So, yeah, that was... Uh... It sounded like a graphic allusion oh, to yeah. the story, <laughs> as I later found out. So, yeah, it was really nice. It was about 100 people, so 50. We we didn't do what you did, Matthew, and had the same amount of people for both ceremony and reception. Oh, yeah, I remember telling people we there's split. no evening thing. Yeah. I give you food as a reward for sitting through the church bit. <laughs> Whereas we had about half and half so like 50 for the ceremony and then it added another 50 for the reception and uh yeah it was really good it was really nice i think pretty much everything went really well which was weird the only thing that didn't was i had my flies down at the beginning of my speech you did but it was funny and i did it as a joke to be like oh I'm stupid of her my flies down turns out i did i was like oh shit okay right now. <laughs> <clears throat> okay do you did you know how long you've had them had them down not case. a clue. Had they been all day? Not a clue. Okay. Maybe. I feel like that's on maybe me and a few others because like, I assume that groomsman That's definitely, that's sure definitely like in. a best man duty. Is oh, just... that's not me. Then that's Callum. That's, that's his problem. <laughs> best play my mate Callum. Yeah, exactly. That was about the only thing that went wrong. Apart from that, it went really fucking smoothly. Got a lot of people on the dance floor. Tim busting some signature Tim moves. Tim always does. You hold down the dance floor like no other. I tried to. It was very hot that day. I was a it little was. bit. I was a little bit like. I need pretty. to. I need to pace myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty hot. But there was there were some other people who were like on there pretty constantly. Yeah, 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 yeah. my buddy Kyle, who I know listens to this podcast. So hello, Kyle, if you yeah. are listening. I didn't get a chance to talk to him properly. Him, him and his partner held down the dance floor pretty much. Yeah, and he was also one of the younger people there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Goddamn stamina! <laughs> you you yeah. you also did a thing I love, which was like. Uh, this this will be an adults occasion. Yes. Please do not bring your children yes. to my kids. Yeah, we were very conscious of that. Emma and I don't plan on having kids. We don't like particularly have an interest in having kids or anything like that. Sure. Just a choice we made as a couple. Um, and we thought like, ah, I not- think you're downplaying this. You both actively dislike children. Ah, that's a strong word. I'm oh, I'm changed. I'm bad with children. Okay. 
I don't. They think, do keep dying. I don't think children like me, and they keep dying around me. It's really weird. Yeah. Um. <laughs> um. But yeah. I, I, like even, even when I keep them pristine in their plastic wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um. Like I, I really like my nieces and nephews. Oh yeah, yeah. They're yeah. all awesome and hilarious. And yeah, we're just not kid people, basically. And it fortunately gave a lot mm-hmm. of our relatives who do have kids the ability to escape and have like a night away from the kids. Mm. In some cases for the first time in like two or three years because of lockdowns and shit. Yeah. And then also kids, people were having like lockdown babies. So it was a whole thing of like, you already have kids and then you go into two years of nothing and not being able to go anywhere and homeschooling them and a whole thing. And then if you have another kid, then there's another like, because obviously we had it May of this year, which is kind of, not post panda. I don't know what we call this thing. Uh, the, 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 the transitionary we, apocalypse. We have given up trying to pretend yeah, that yeah. we can cure this. Exactly. Yes. That that thing, whatever we are now. And uh, we're in this period now where like, my sisters, who, as I said, both have kids, were like, they came up to me and Emma later on in the night and were like, we've really appreciated this being able to like have a break from the kids. And just be able to get a bit drunk and just hang out with family members we haven't seen yeah. in a while and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Was really and, nice. And uh, your involvement in the planning and the prep and stuff, you know, you had your uh, jobs, your responsibilities. I was, I was, I was pretty involved, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, like, very much like, you, very much like we, your we, wedding for both of you, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. We made a lot of the stuff as well. Emma made a lot of the, like, uh, got into like, resin pouring and stuff. Yeah. Made a lot of the favours and the coasters and all that Mine's kind of stuff. Those coasters are super cool. They are yeah, cool, yeah. yeah. Um, it was very nice when we went to visit Emma's family not too long ago. They had them on their bedside tables. I was like, yeah. ah, yeah, that's a cool thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was very cool. And the planning is a whole thing in and of itself. Very much so. It's like a... That feels more like the actual wedding than the actual day, if that makes sense. Because so much more quickly. time and so much more effort and so much more money happens before than the actual 24 hours of your wedding day is actually like a... oh. oh fucking hell like yeah the mm. pressure is off now kind of thing almost entirely and it's interesting because jack and i and every other person who has been to a wedding worked a wedding been married whatever it happens to be will have anecdotes and they will generally take one of two forms what should i say now segue into movies they will take one of two forms well, yeah we're doing a movie but <laughs> <laughs> and that is funny shit and shit that went real south real fast mm. um my cousin's wedding I went to um, a couple of months ago. It was the, oh God, it was literally the, the Friday before the hottest this country has ever been. But it thankfully wasn't too bad. But it was also... The coolest summer we'll have for a while, yeah, I guess, until the burnout of the sun. Yeah, hope you get used to 55 degrees. Um, but basically, um, it was full on toddlers and babies, and it was intense. And the amount of my cousins who were sitting at wet tables and they look at the seating plan going, oh, shit. Oh, God. Um, so on our table, there was one baby and two younger sort of kids, like uh, eight and five. So it was actually quite manageable. Another table, three toddlers, no, four toddlers and uh, another one who's like four. I was like, oh, my God, this this is... And, and then two adults on the whole table. Like, oh, my God, that's too much to juggle. So you'll have anecdotes of things in there. But also, I remember going to my cousin, sorry, my, my wife's cousin's wedding and uh, uh, 
one of the cousins of the kids was being thrown around like, hey, way hit his head on the roof and bled all over the house. <laughs> and, like, and of course, they're all, you know, they're all Courtney men. Oh, my boy. Oh, my boy. It's just like, you know, they're obviously, and I'm not being rude because obviously you see a child bleeding it, that kicks in a fucking primal fear. But they were all very much like, who do I destroy? I'll punch that wall down. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck is happening here? It's a bit so, like the uh, the beginning of train spotting. Oh God, <laughs> yeah, that kind of yeah. Um, so basically, um, you we've all collectively had certain experiences, either as a child where you half remember things, or an adult where you've attended these things, and they're all infinitely relatable fodder. Because how often do you force all of your family and people like friends and relatives and 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 and, and uh, various relations and and colleagues and everything else into one room and they're all supposed to just sort of quietly get on. Yeah. And there is obviously a lot of people do because people will say, remember why we're here. Mm. It's, it's her day, it's my day, it's their day, whatever happens to be. And then there's the whole, fuck that. I'm going to be an asshole. <laughs> and that gives so much space um, from filmmaking point of thing. You can do a comedy where, you know, it all goes wrong or it all goes right or it all works out in the end or like uh, like say the wedding singer for example which we'll get to later but you you know you're working constant different weddings lots of multiple weddings um or alternatively it's a drama where all the shit comes out and mm. the one really outspoken cousin says something they shouldn't say and it all goes to shit from there you have the 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 fodder for storytelling in what could be uh, as we'll come back to later building towards a wedding scene coming from a wedding scene the entire thing is in fact a wedding You've got so much to work with, and no matter where you go around the world, each type of wedding or a union of some sorts looks different, feels different, but there are still key similarities. There's still classic familiar, like, oh, God, you know, we've all got a cousin like that. We've all got an aunt who's, like, fucking gossiping on the side. There's one drunk uncle. Oh, God, no, you know, it's, it's, it's just the way you spin it, but it's, it's, it's strange how these things keep going because... It's uh, it, it it can be a symbolic time in a story, like like a a passage of note, like okay, we're going past this stage now because these characters are now married or they're about to get married or whatever happens to be. Like I'm a I'm a man now or I'm a woman now. I'm a married. I'm going. My whole life is about to change. That kind of thing. Or you have someone attending and saying, "This is pointless. What a waste of my time." <laughs> you know, I'm doing it because I have to. Prime example being Palm Springs. Oh yes, yeah. Andy Samberg and yes, yeah, yeah, exactly, and that that that's another example. Of like literally, everyone going, I don't give a shit. This is such a fruitless thing, and I feel like I'm constantly in the same thing. Mm. And no matter what, and this is the last thing I'll point before we move on to something else. That with weddings in films, you get to sample so many different types of weddings, obviously, and different uh, designs and stuff. But in truth, and this is something I've always said, as a married person and as someone who's attended so many weddings. I have never really attended a truly original wedding. Mm. They are all kind of the same thing. How rude. You rock up, <laughs> there's a couple getting married in some capacity, there's food and dancing. <laughs> what? It's the same thing. And there are little, little tiny accoutrements that are different. Like all the That's table like No film is ever original because they all have a camera. Nah, it's like saying no hotel's different because there's a bed in it. Yeah. That's what I'm saying That's about mad. hotels. Um, <laughs> and they're varying quality, varying length, and various, various incidents. But I think ultimately you're like, oh, we're going to have a crazy original wedding. Is it still got a white dress? Yeah. Right. Then it's not our original so far. Well, I'll wait for the next thing. What else you got? And it's just traditions. But we'll come back to the dress wasn't technically white. So, you know. 
Oh, oh champagne the, blush. The face, much. the face on Jack just then, like, oh, well, fuck you, mate. Uh, <laughs> I'll just play this clip to Emma and let her unleash her wrath upon I'm you. I'm not afraid of Emma. You um, sh- probably should. Be. Probably should be, but I'm not going to be. Um, but yes, that, so I find that there, there's so many things we follow as traditional marker points, as it were, in different cultures, that it's like, well, they all kind of feel the same, which is why film-wise, they can be so replaceable as background things because it's always like, oh, yeah, it's built into a wedding. Yeah, like them, them as as kind of a, a a traditional event and marker of kind of a change in life and and, and all those kind of things is very mm. important in films. And it it's I think it's interesting because obviously there are still people who hold on very tightly to kind of uh, tradition and stuff like that. But you know we're now in an age where most people who are getting married will already be cohabiting, will Absolutely. probably have been in a relationship for several years have lived together, may even have kids, may even, you know, whatever. Yep, of course. But you go back, you know, not that long ago in time, you know, 40, 50 years. One generation. Years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and you would have a significant number of weddings where it's like, yeah, this couple has never lived together. Um, mm-hmm. They may not even know each other that long. Um, and especially when you go even further back, you know, and, and talk about kind of like historical settings and stuff, when yeah. a wedding was more about, at least in, in the higher, you know, higher class, uh, wealthy yeah. types, it was more about like land deals, political and diplomacy, weddings, political unions and, and, that kind of stuff, and yeah. stuff like that. The last duel comes to mind. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, stuff like that than it was about love or any kind of relationship. And so there's a fascinating kind of pressure on that event because it is, there's so much hanging on it. Even, you know, it has all this kind of psychic baggage in our society because they've yeah. been so important for so long, you know, and it's seen as, you know, okay, well, it's it's both the culmination of a thing, of a courtship, of a engagement, of all this planning, like you say, so much going into, you know, organizing it. Mm-hmm. And it is also a beginning. It is the launch pad for these people's lives together. You know, what we hope is going to be, you know, their entire life spent together. There's all these promises made about commitments to each other and all this kind of stuff. So it occupies a very unique space. And then there's all the expectations that everyone else involved brings into it. The family, the friends, all those kind of things. And so it is this kind of unique nexus in our society that makes it this really rich opportunity for both drama and for comedy and for all kinds of emotions. You know, the kind of the bittersweet, the regretful, you know, you've got the the films where it's, you know, the person who had a crush on this person when they were young and now they're showing up to their wedding and watching them get married to someone else and it you know, it's it like, could oh, have been me. It could have been me. What am I doing for my life? And you know, with my life and all I'm this. I'm gonna kind bang of stuff. this bridesmaid. It's yeah. Like, oh, what terrible! Yeah, now I'm gonna yeah. now I'm gonna go over to a different uh, dimension in the multiverse, and uh, she's gonna be a scientist <laughs> working on a thing. And uh, yeah, oh. uh, <laughs> um, oh, you know, uh, so it, it's it's no surprise that there are a lot of movies with weddings because. It, it's such a rich opportunity for storytelling. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of how films portray weddings have then, it's almost like life imitates art and art imitates life, right? It all comes mm, back absolutely. around in that kind of cycle where 
you get a certain trend of like, oh, there was this big influential film that had this wedding, and then suddenly a bunch of weddings in the following years are inspired. Oh, we all had this cake because it was in this film and all this kind of thing. absolutely. And even the joke of like, there's anybody here who objects to this union, please say now or forever hold your peace. And that's become like the joke of somebody will go like, you slept with my sister. Ah, there's always yeah. like that. I mean, classically, we, we, we now have the thing. Uh, and to be fair, it is done for very good comic effect. It happened perfectly at your wedding. It did. Where you guys both looked at the, the, there's, at the a, there's a photo of my wife giving everyone the look. It's like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. Whatever you're about to say, you keep it to yourself. And I went, we cool? Everything good? I yeah? don't think that was asked at my wedding. Oh, thanks, Sam. It was. <laughs> Confirmed by no Mr. Stockton. Was, I was going to say, in a very traditional Catholic wedding, but surely they're considering more traditional than well, this, this is the thing, and this actually ties in quite nicely. There's no objections in Catholicism. <laughs> There's no chance to object. Exactly. In. Um, so, no, it's more the idea that we have certain uh, mark points. You say about the trends and things, people are like, oh, oh, I've seen that in Crazy Rich Asians, there's like a, a water yes. like pool of, a, of mm. an aisle. We all want that. It's like, do you have any idea how difficult yeah. that'd be to organize? A nightmare and stagnant and smelly. They're crazy rich. That's true. Um, but then it becomes like a, an, a, an aspirational, I want this. And it's always the trends of like, oh, an 80s wedding, especially if it's a period film, period film in the 80s, but the old, if you think like um, Wolf of Wall Street, that hideous goddamn dress and stuff. And it's like, well, it looks terrible now. Of course, but at the time, that would have been a beautiful, amazing dress. But then you have things like the shorthand of, I do. Oh, I do. A million times I do. Oh, yes. And it's like, it's like you know, the classic stuff you get to, the, the lines one expects to be said at a wedding. Very famously, famously, <laughs> interestingly, at my wedding. <laughs> famously, at my own famously. wedding. Because <laughs> uh, I had a lot of people ask about it. Um, people were asking, that, that, no, no, sorry. People were asking my wife this, not me. I said, oh, very progressive. And I was like, for a Catholic wedding. I said, really? I said, yeah. No love, honor, and obey. And then I, 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 I jutted in and said, yeah, we don't say that. Mm. Like, that, that, that's that's a Church of England thing because of Henry VIII that's not a Catholic thing at least not, mm. not in this country at least not so the whole like love, honour, obey that's nothing to do with us and so oh also we don't say I do we say I will mm. which yes. of course we're London I will <laughs> but it, it, things like that for example you, you, you get like so many little cards saying like oh it's the day you said I do and I, was mm. like, well, I didn't actually say that so fuck you <laughs> um, there are little things we, that film tells us like with everything like oh if I get shot on the shoulder I'll be fine you're going to probably die yeah. <laughs> if I get married this will happen it's like actually your wedding might not look like that at all because yeah. everything is a little bit different but film mm. gives us these expectations yeah there was that uh, period in the 60s where people would hire uh, someone to run into their wedding halfway through and bang on the glass and go Mrs. Robinson yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, died out pretty quickly though. Yeah, good. And they came back with Wayne's, Wayne's World, World too. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the the Wayne's old moment where he's bang, bang, banging on that glass. See again, then, it's, it's like the Simpsons Cassandra. thing. Cassandra. Oh, sorry, <laughs> wrong wedding. Oh, sorry, wrong wedding. Because like, yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? It's again, that's a parody of a thing, and we're like, oh yeah. Except there's no way us watching Wayne's World would have any idea what the graduate was at the time. Well, okay. from the ma Simpsons reference. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I've, I don't think I've ever seen the graduate. I ex- right. experienced it through Wayne's World and The Simpsons, which essentially raised yeah. me. Yeah. So, yeah, you get the Mrs. Bouvier <laughs> or Cassandra moments. And I'm like, hey, that's a that's a trope, I guess. That's a thing. That's a, as I said before, like, that's the, if anyone objects, speak now or forever oh, hold yeah, your yeah, peace yeah. moment. Like, that's the thing. Like, and as you said, Matt, like, people now do the whole, like, all right. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't say nothing. It's, but it's, it's a good, it's a good bit, mouth. basically. Yeah. It's a nice um, uh, break of a of formality and tension. Yes. Yeah. It, yes. It, it helps break the tension because for me, I don't know how you felt on it, Matt, but yeah. like that moment where you have to repeat after the priest, in your case, registrar, in my case, sure, sure. like, you need to get those words right. You need to enunciate Legally, clearly. You need to there say are, it. And hold, there are yeah. certain, yeah. So the first half is like the legal bit where you have to say the words as they are written and repeated back by the person. So mm-hmm. you can't fuck this up. And they say, I don't know if you had like the, the run through, like you said beforehand, oh, where yeah. our registrar, Harry, kind of sat me down and he was like, just to let you know, if you don't enunciate clear enough, I will ask you to do it again. So if you can get it the first time, that's much easier for everyone, <laughs> much easier for you, and it's much easier for me as well. Try not to get any lines wrong. Mm. Just think about it. Talk slowly. Talk clearly as you can. Yeah. I was like, fucking hell. Okay. You've got to put pressure on me. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, oh, right, that actually matters. Okay, yeah. that's good. Can't fix this one in the edit. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. That's the, like, Once again, that coming back to what we're saying, comedy and drama. Yeah. You can play that as yeah. either. Yeah. It's like, turns out we're not married. It's like, what? Yeah, I didn't hear you say it properly. It's like, shit, we've got to go go in then. Yeah. And it's interesting how films will position the wedding itself. Is it the event? Is it a climactic thing they're building towards? Is mm. it the whole movie? Mm-hmm. Is it something that starts it off and things? Because you have that familiarity. You have that whole, you know, uh, as, as Tim said earlier, that, that, that build, that, that suspense mm. and things. But also you have traveling to and from weddings. Yeah, You absolutely. have the foreign weddings, as in the ones mm. happening abroad. And there's the chaos of like, well, it's kind of like a madcap road trip movie. Yeah, are we going to get there on time? Precisely, yeah. yeah. As there's so many examples of it as well where you can't not think of a movie that, well, not every single film, but there'd be a surprising amount of movies that have either wedding scenes. So we say a wedding movie, you think, oh, um, we'll have to think about one. And you obviously think, well, yeah, hang on. Are you trying to think of a movie that's a wedding from start to finish? It's like, yeah, mm. well, there's a handful of those. Yeah, yeah mm. sure. But just one with has a wedding scene in it. And Tim, but perfectly with Doctor Strange there, is like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right there. <laughs> yeah. So I think so many of those examples, you'll have those like, yeah, there is. A, yeah, Absolutely. of course there is. Mm. Yeah, and it, I, I think it's interesting. I think when you when you talk about old movie weddings, most people go to rom coms. Yeah, and they imagine Father of the Bride with Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah, and it's the wedding is an event. It's maybe like the final third of the film, mm-hmm. in the same way that you would have like an action climax be building towards a thing, and it's the the, the film is building up to that point whether it is something like The Father of the Bride, where the, the whole film is building up to that point, or a rom-com where it's the relationship and the wedding is seen as, well, that na- now that story has ended, they have said that they're married to each other, and so we assume the rest of their life is fine, kind of thing. And they live yeah. happily ever after. Yeah, starting, yeah. starting with a couple meeting, end with the wedding, and you're just like, well, okay, now that relationship That's is... That's the main part of the relationship, now it's over. Yeah. Look forward to the sequel where they get kids. That's yeah. always how it works. Um, Fuck but- Shrek. Oh my god. <laughs> Shrek, oh no. Um, but I find it fascinating that there's also quite a few notable films where there's a wedding right at the start. Yes. And it is either it's a really good way to have all the characters and kind of expose relationships and tensions mm-hmm, and expectations mm-hmm. on people like i say you know in a lot of ways it's the start of a thing a life together and so you can see that as you know uh okay we're going to explore this relationship we're going to kick off with the wedding 
and it's going to be a more mature drama about like, okay, what does married life look like for these people? Absolutely. Or it can be, here is this moment of positivity and optimism in something like The Deer Hunter, yeah. where it's like, here's them all together and they're mm. all happy and here's their family and, and, and their relationships. The rest of the movie. And now yeah. it's all <laughs> going to go downhill. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably more common in dramas to, to do that, but you get mm-hmm. a fair few comedies and stuff. I mean, Four Weddings and a, and a Funeral obviously has it all throughout because there's four weddings in that film. Of course. Wait, and what? a funeral. My oh. God. Um, and you, uh, notable sequelized film, Sex and the City 2. You beat me to it, Tim. Yeah. Uh, Kicks uh, off with a wedding. Opens with a big gay wedding. And that is a gay wedding. My God, it is a gay wedding. Fucking hell. That fucking movie. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird. Sex and the City, I think, really ties into... We talked about this when we did our commentary. We talked about this when we talked about the whole influence of the show and the first movie, let alone the second movie, is that it was so influential in so much fashion mm. and people's lives and things like that. People would go out and try to be a writer because Carrie's a writer and all that kind of stuff. And the wedding influence from that first film, like, oh, the dress. When people say the dress, a lot of people think of Carrie's dress from the first movie. The, and I find that fascinating. I feel like, Tim, back me up on this. I feel like that might have been brought up in Nope. I don't think it was. But the Sex and the Some, City wedding. I, maybe I'm wrong. and I'm conflating, com, uh, uh, conflating some things I watched at the same sort of time. But I feel like someone recently did a whole bit about... That was in Prey. That was it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is right. The prince comes down. It's dressed in character. It's the dress. <laughs> it's invisible. At the end is a it's invisible of... apart yes. from the dress. Yes. And the dress gets covered in bear blood. Yeah. Yes. That's, yeah and, and then Sarah Jessica cries. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That, that explains a lot. And Sarah Jessica Parker's face goes... <laughs> But the fact that the first one ends with a non-wedding because of the whole thing with Big and that whole thing, and that is what we've been building to for that entire movie. Well, it's it's got the first one has the wedding in the middle, yeah, that doesn't happen, yeah, and then a wedding at the end that does exactly, and then the the second one has a wedding at the beginning, yeah, all the traps exactly starts, yeah. It's such a weird structure to go the weird like middle and then also book ending and then also starting the second off with a wedding. And there's all kinds of like marital trouble going on, of course, with the, the second city crew. But yeah, we talked about that a lot, how like just rubbish and over the top that the super gay wedding is at the beginning of the second one. Yeah. And it felt so kind of forced. And I think that happens in some films as well. You get that kind mm-hmm. of are these two people really right for each other? Are we sure? Yeah. And something I'll I'll get onto later is an is an example of that. And something like as I'll t- touch on later, love actually yep. play, plays around with those kind of things. You see relationships from so many different angles. Some very negative, some very positive. Yeah. Mm. A lot of problems with that movie, but there but, are some positives there <laughs> as well. My example later is the exact same thing that starts with a wedding and everything goes like, what the fuck? It was a disastrous mistake. We'll exactly. Get, we'll get yeah, later, yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting that movies are. We're kind of maturing, like over the last sort of you know twenty, thirty years or so, we're able to explore the less traditional side of weddings and have like post-wedding movies and things like that, mm. and and even thank God finally exploring like LGBTQ plus weddings and and being able to talk very, about that very slowly. Yes, and usually yeah. as a joke. We're heading in that direction, but you're right. positively, hopefully, fucking hell, it's about time. But the fact that we're kind of like 
getting away from, as we said, like, oh, it's a rom-com and it ends with a wedding every single time. Yeah, do you know, do you know a film that starts with a wedding? Up. Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I think it's it's also, it's interesting how in the last, you know, 50 years, say, the demystification of the wedding. That's where, because I think society has changed very because, dramatically. Exactly, yes. because previously it was a thing where, you know, oh, okay, well, you, you're getting married, but you're, you know, your, perhaps your parents are going to be the ones who pay for it. They're yeah. going to be the ones who kind of mostly organise it. A dowry. Yes, you know, mother-in-laws taking over and all that kind of... And obviously that stuff still happens. Mm-hmm. You know, parents still lend a hand in certain cases. But now we are at a point where there's a lot of weddings where it is the couple who are paying for it. And, you know, when people aren't, uh, you know, already living together, although that idea of, like, the traditional wedding registry where it's like, oh, well, you know, they've got to outfit the new house, so we buy them, you know, a toaster and a coffee maker and all yeah. these fancy pots and pans, and it's like, no, we already own all that shit. We've lived together for three years. It's like, well, what do you want? It's like, well, actually, can you give us money for our honeymoon because we want to have a nice holiday? Tim has literally described what I put on my wedding invitation. <laughs> yeah. I, I wrote the words, I don't need a toaster. <laughs> um, and we, we did a similar thing. Some of my yeah. family wrote to me like, this isn't a toaster. I hope it's all right. Like, good. Um, weirdly enough, um, <laughs> randomly way through a film, for some reason, what popped into my head was um, uh, Goodfellas, where it's again that transition, but mm. the, the, the the weddings in the middle-ish kind of mm. sort of stage thing. Again, Wolf of Wall Street, same sort of thing. Yeah, uh, Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what their registry was like. You know, well, she's got that little you know net hat on, and he's just being a Jedi, and they're like, "Oh, wed us privately," and there's some awful fucking dialogue and. Yeah, John Williams is doing his best. Yeah, um, John Williams does do his best in those movies. He does. He? he does. But with with that demystification, it also means that we're more willing to like kind of poke around behind the scenes. Absolutely. And you get films like The Wedding Singer and The Wedding Planner, where it's mm. about the business and the industry that exists behind weddings. Mm-hmm. Not just e- even though that there is obviously, if you're a bride or groom or involved in the wedding party or the family or whatever. Obviously, there's a lot of planning in the build-up, but then there's also a whole bunch of people for whom a wedding isn't actually a special occasion. It's just a job. Yeah, you're just working a gig. Yeah. Uh, there's an interesting one where they've got two sides of that. I mean, I don't know if it's a bridesmaid thing as opposed to that, but it kind of gets the same vibe where 27 dresses, um, where you get uh, Catherine Heigl's character who... I think about 27 dresses as a movie, not very often, thankfully. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm reminding myself that it, it's all about that prep and planning and she just bounces in and around and she's saying all these things and she's so desperate to help all of her friends get married and do this stuff and be a bridesmaid and get involved and she knows all the best people and all this best stuff but because of that it's a prep movie and it's multiple prep movies and like oh she did it for a goth wedding it's a heist it for... movie it's a heist movie I'm in <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> which, which spoilers that movie that's exactly what happens at the end yeah pretty much Yeah, you son of a bitch I'm in I'm getting married um, I know it's meant to be like, oh, no, what the story is actually is like, you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. That's what it's supposed to be. It's like, no, it's not. What you're showing me is the industry is a really hard thing to navigate. And this woman knows everything because she's been doing this, but not in a professional sense like the wedding planner. She's been doing it in a sort of like, 
a semi-professional a se- just a hobbyist sort yes. of thing. and yeah. she goes out of her way to find people who are coupling up and friendships to, yeah. to marry them off and things which is kind of and, and when you get that montage of her going through all the dresses you get a lot of the kind of almost like the cliches oh yeah of like oh here's a weird type of wedding it's like oh this one it was it was in Hawaii and we all did it in scuba gear and you know it was underwater and yeah. this one was a destination wedding this one was a you know themed like yeah. say goth wedding or like look a, at my sari look at my goth wedding stuff and it's like yeah it's like, sure yeah look at my awkward Japanese wedding yeah and it, 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 I get it but it, it, you're right it, it but it does illustrate that once you do take away from the uh, the the perfect matrimony side of it, and even the wedding being a thing that happens to people, and you go to no, this is an industry. Then you start to get a different aspect of storytelling, which becomes about business and drama. And I mean, nothing. Uh, <laughs> I've been asked on many occasions, "Will I film somebody's wedding or yes. take pictures?" And I've always said, <laughs> no, "No, absolutely fucking not." Um, and the amount of people who I remember someone I used to work with years ago at the hospital. Um, she was saying like, oh, she asked me for some advice and happy to give it to the advice. And she was saying how she was really unhappy with the video they took of it. And I was like, oh yeah. And she said, yeah, they didn't get this thing. This, and this. How many people were there in the part of their crew? Two people. I thought they would have stood here. I thought they would have done that. It's like, first of all, they can't legally stand in certain places because in a church, especially, you're not allowed to stand in certain places. You can't film certain things. The whole like signing the registry thing. It's illegal yep. to take a picture of that. Yep. Whole thing, you always, everyone does a stage picture where they've got a pen and nothing in front of them. It's, it's a fucking weird. Weird. <laughs> um, weirdly enough, I have a picture of me signing it because we were like, mm, okay. Breaking um, <laughs> the law, breaking <laughs> the law. Bam, bam. I had to break the law twice to get married to my wife, but we're going like that. Yeah. Basically, oh. point. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Bigger me. <laughs> I've got 10 wives, all right? <laughs> all, my, uh, does it count if they're dead? <laughs> now? Um, <laughs> if you still have sex with them, then yes. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> We're back to Rebecca and <laughs> yes. fucking hell, yeah. Jane this Eyre. room is for my first wife. Um, but yes, so the idea that uh, there are things you can't, can't do. So, so there's an industry of things like, you know, filming a wedding. And I'm like, no way I put myself through that. Because for me, it's a gig. It's a documentary. I'm filming it the same way I film fucking lions tearing apart a goddamn antelope. It's the same or thing. Or Mary Sim in your garage. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's true. Um, but at the same time... That was a wedding in a way. Uh, it was Tim a, was wearing it white. Was, it was a union of... <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It was a union of sorts. You were in costumes. Yeah. Um, but yes, the idea that for the person doing the gig, it's a very important thing. You turn up and you do your job, obviously. But for the person who's getting married, it's the most important day of their yeah. lives. Mm. Whether it is or not, it's irrelevant. It's it, that's as. what it's marketed as, absolutely, both in the film and to people who are getting married. Yeah. And film reinforces that. I mentioned yeah. about like, all the traditions you think. It's like, oh, it'll be like this. Why in God's name do you think it's going like that? Do you know what wedding is? A lot of waiting. Yeah, I think that is coming back round to the life imitates art, art, oh, yeah. art imitates life kind of cycle again, because there would be particular shots, and again, using Sex and City as an example, because it was so influential at the time. There would be a particular shot of Carrie going up the stairs in a dress. And a lot of people at the time, because my sister told me about this, my sisters are 10 oh. years older than me, so <laughs> hello, perfect timing there, were telling me like, oh yeah, I want a shot of me in my dress going up the stairs in this way, or oh, you know that bit in the Sex and the City, mm. so I want it to look like this. As I mm. come in, I want this kind of shot. It's mm. like, 
you know we're not in New York, right? That's not how that works. <laughs> there, aren't, different... there aren't any stairs at your venue. Then we'll goddamn find some. Yep. Exactly, yeah. There was a whole kind of like influence that then, as I said, like people wanting to do cakes and types of dresses and stuff. But the yeah. actual cinematography of a wedding was then influenced by the cinematography of movie weddings and they are not the same they thing. Are very planned <laughs> and very lit and very organised. And if you're going to, like, for example, I have a yeah, lot could of you really... put up, just put up some lights over here, yeah, please. Just and, take uh... it, please. Yeah, I was blocked off by this person's fucking hat. Um, <laughs> no, I I have some beautiful photographs of my wedding. Very happy with that. No problem at all. Uh, there are moments I'm, I, uh, there there are so many moments that were not captured in photography. They're in my head, and that's fine. That's that's a nice thing to have, like memories I can go back to and things, whatever. But I did not want a video. Because I'm a director. <laughs> and I would be literally looking every five minutes to see yeah. what they're getting shot-wise. And it would be it would be unnatural for me. So, yeah. But film-wise, you do get the sort of, um, as, as Jack said, I've seen this, I want this. Now, sometimes that can be amazing as Jack has a, uh, Jack and his wife Emma, had a photo that was done like an HBO style. Yes, drama I'm so thing. I'm so jealous of that. That, that looks is, amazing. That was a spectacular, yeah. very fast experience. Very, very bang, 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 done. It was very professional, very well done. But that's a trend that is now what's now called the um, uh, the Pinterest wedding idea sort of stuff. Mm. And that's it's like one person has a genius idea, it spreads because the internet changes the stuff that the film does. You're saying I'm a taste maker, I'm a, I'm a trendsetter. Sure. No. I don't know if tastemaker is a word. Tastemaker is absolutely a word. Yeah, I'd call you a pioneer. Thank you. Trailblazer. Thank you, Trailblazer. Trendsetter, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but, but films do have a lot of to, to answer for, basically. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, I jokingly talked about 27 Dresses as a heist movie. Um, <laughs> we often, uh, you know, I think possibly off the, it kind of got popularized by Inception, the idea of like, oh, heist movies are actually all about uh, filmmaking. Oh, you know, it's, yeah. It's putting a crew together and, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And I think you can make a similar analogy about a wedding movie yeah. is kind of a bit like a film production. I don't know if there's been any that have like explicitly or kind of deliberately made that analogy mm. just because of the nature of a lot of films that are about weddings don't you know rom it's rare to get a rom-com auteur kind of thing that would <laughs> that would be able to kind of put yeah, that much of a stamp right. on it and and stuff like that but but as we've touched on here there's there's a lot of analogies there that you and and comparisons that you can draw to even to the point of view of like you know, there's a lot of guests at a wedding who, like, they show up and it's like, yeah, it's great. You know, we hang out and, like, I'm not really involved in it, so I just kind of sit around and then, yep. you know, oh, we've got this one thing. I've been an that, extra in a film. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, oh, well, uh, you know, there's the confetti throwing and, and I've I've got my handful of confetti to do that and uh, and that's my only duty today. And it's like, yeah, that's like, you know, you are the, the, the best boy or whatever. And it's like, you've done the setup. Okay, well, now I'm, you know. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting. Union says I've got to be here, but, you know, the, the, we're waiting to get. The union know, in this case is the bride. Yes. All you wait for is, that's lunch, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so we're, we're waiting to get so-and-so out of their trailer, you know. And, yeah. and that's also a, the bride. There's a lot of hurry up and wait, you know, in both both kind of situations and. Mm. definitely yeah i do like a we're going to change the room get out of the room it's like that's set dressing yeah um yeah. I, I actually very much made that both my wife and i made the comparison because in 2014 we were shooting uh, a feature film um and i it was like oh how is it going it's very stressful it's like what's well, a lot of work because em and i are doing so much ourselves and then i said 
but it's no different to stuff I do on the regular. And they're like, oh, I'm not sure about that. So, yeah, the only difference is they're my family mm. and I can't direct them as easily. It turns <laughs> out, yes, I can. <laughs> um, because I just said, yeah, it's no different. Em and I are directing this thing. We've mm. written how it's going to go down. I literally wrote some of, well, not literally, but wrote the Latin, but you know, I wrote down in this thing that goes into the, mm. the, the script you have to read from. Yeah. Out you loud. It's some production design in making, you know, flowers and, Absolutely. and you know um the, everyone has a costume to wear yeah um there's like literally have arranged lighting and transport and food yeah and catering and, and venues and like it's locking like, out the wedding dinner Absolutely. you know who's on what table where? it's 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 literally just production planning yeah except with filmmaking you do it every day but for a wedding you <laughs> do it once what what are parents if not the executive producers of weddings uh tim good lord you, tim mm, that is so painfully accurate. They slide up to you just before things are about to start and they yeah. say, I've got some notes. You can keep your fucking notes to yourself. I swear to Christ. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Oh, sorry, am I not paying for this? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's it's high ransom part, you charge. That's part of the reason why Vin, we... Vin Diesel is not happy with where he's sitting. You tell Vin. You tell to Vincent fuck to himself. fuck off. He's got to have as many slices of cake as, as the, the rock. rock gets. This kind of stuff <laughs> is genuine. Because I remember I saying, that's just cousins battling over cake. Yeah, but you can't see Vincent these together. and Dwayne. They'll get in yeah. drinking contests like shitting hell. <laughs> I think there's a huge thing about the. I hadn't really thought about it myself until we kind of started talking about this. The actual production design that goes into weddings in movies as well. Like, yeah. you actually got to think about the equivalent of setting up a sure it's not maybe not as long-winded as actually planning a wedding but it's gonna be a lot of involvement to get a lot of that set dressing the costumes mm. all the extras You're there gonna be filming over multiple days exactly it? yeah yeah it, in that fucking dress yeah and it's there's a um american vandal which is a series i've brought up many a time keep meaning to watch it love Tim. it and there's a bit in the first season where it's uh the episode centers on like a, a teenage house party um, and it it does this amazing job where it's it's the characters are reconstructing the evening using footage from like Instagram and Snapchat oh, and all nice. stuff like on yes. people's phones. And and I watch it and I'm like, I'm not sure how they filmed this without just throwing a house party, giving everyone a phone and telling them to shoot stuff and making sure that they got. I mean, they might the have. shots, the night which they might have done. Probably and it's did, kind yeah. of the same with doing a movie wedding. It's like, yeah, you've yeah. got to wrangle the guests and you've got to make the dresses and fit yep. the dresses yep. and write the vows and make them special and unique and, yep. you know, reflect the individual and stuff Happen like that. that. The vows are written by a scriptwriter yeah. somewhere. Yes, but yeah, it's in Shane the- Black's <laughs> wedding vows. <laughs> <laughs> but in the, you, you're totally right, Matt. Like, you mentioned you wrote some of your wedding stuff. Emma mm. and I wrote our own vows as well. You did, we, you I, did, yeah. Our um, respective mums. I assume wrote, you rehearsed it. Yeah, there yeah, you go. a little bit. Um <laughs> I didn't much. I didn't re- rehearse my speech very much. Still I had, line like, reading, isn't it? I had bullet points and stuff like that because that's Cause, how I roll. That's how we do a podcast. That's how I do a podcast. <laughs> Essentially, my speech was a one-man podcast. Matt, and I- Matt just did a, an audible nod at his microphone. Then <laughs> I did. Yeah. I mean, if I think about what I wrote for my sort of wedding speech, it was literally like all that stuff. Like it was like three sides of A4, huge text paragraph being read verbatim. And Jack was like, I'm going to bullet point this. <laughs> I, had, I had a notebook same approach, to, same approach to an ad read. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that is our pitching style as it well. It is, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Matt went full sheets of A4. I had a notebook smaller than my phone tucked into my breath pocket. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. was like, oh, I know much of that stuff. And just forgot half of my speech and just it didn't talk about the stag do or anything. Still worked like, out well. 
it was fine. I, I was like, damn, I should have mentioned all the wrestling, but I didn't. That's my one regret. I mean, my, my wife famously... Keep saying famously. <laughs> famously. You're not that much of a big deal. Yeah, no, sorry. My wife... Celebrity wedding. I remember very clearly uh, that uh, wrote a wedding speech because I was like, oh, I'm not going to speak on your behalf. You can speak. You're yeah. a fucking adult. My Emma did the same thing yeah, as well. exactly. Except my wife forgot her speech Ugh. and so she just kind of winged it Uh-oh. and talked about everything under the sun and then the very last second I think I've covered everything and said oh uh, yeah I'm supposed to talk about my husband um, <laughs> but um, I just got called out by my wife in, in hers that did, was fun yeah. Yeah. but that's the thing these are the memorable anecdotes but they're also the production side of things and it, it, it is the rigmarole of it and imagine that was the thing you, you were shooting that as a movie say your wedding is effectively Mamma Mia Sure, film I've not seen, but sure. But don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, and essentially, you know, the bit, the comedy timing, the bit where Jack's fires were undone, you know, Emma calls you out and some stuff and everything's fine. So we have to get coverage of you arriving, entering the room. Have to get coverage of you doing the speeches. Have to get coverage of your reaction for everyone around just for clearance and that, that's yeah. for, for, for the editing purposes. Uh, various kind of ways. Obviously, you have to set dresses multiple times. The lighting has to be the same, so we might have to do that multiple day shootings. Um, I always talk about, like, food on films. Mm. food is you get so much food at a wedding yeah god that must be a nightmare to do the set dre- like yeah set catering set dressing for that yeah because you're like Both, oh i guess i'll yeah. sit here and eat it's like y- you ain't gonna eat shit Again, yeah. that, that ties into what i was just saying right like you're totally the fact that you said that at the same time there tim like yeah i guess that's just actually catering for a wedding at that point like yeah <laughs> what's the what's the difference like we were saying there like preparing a wedding for a film is basically preparing an actual wedding for all yeah. intents and purposes except yeah. it all has to stay up for like five days of shooting as you were saying Matt it's mm. like do not get anything on that dress we only have one He's... and I swear to fucking god yeah. if you break that table if that chair moves continuity we are shit. fucked like yeah, yeah you have to worry about every little piece of continuity <laughs> under these hot lights is this cake gonna melt it's like, don't worry, it's just... Um, we'll it's have f- foam. It's foam and plasticine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's like, well, what about the one that you crash through in the scene where they, they have a bit of a comedy wrestling thing? It's like, oh, that one's real. How many do we used to have? We have one. Why do you only have one? Yeah. Why, would you ever have a one breakaway table for a stunt? No, why would you have one wedding cake? We only have one wedding cake for a wedding, so why would you have Why would I make more? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's all this shit, and the film sort of like gives us this, uh, this illusion of what it's like, but it is this you know huge caravan train, as it were. But then also the, the production value is literally just asking for awards. Mm. And yet it doesn't always get awards. It's like, you know, you're talking about, you know, the, the, the very lavish dresses and suits, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Trying to win costume and makeup awards and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah. But yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, a lot of that is just the way that Hollywood thinks about stuff. That's true. Is that, like a production design, well, that means like fantasy and sci-fi. It doesn't mean, you know... It's not off the rack Real stuff. Life, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. yeah. Everything's, like, everything's a costume. I, mean, I can imagine, like, maybe Crazy Rich Asians, just because it was so opulent. unique and so opulent, mm. might have got some nods and stuff on that. Costuming, I think it's more likely to, but then costuming tends to love, like, historical uh, stuff. But then period you, piece, yeah. you can get period weddings. Yeah, very much so. You and can... everything's a costume. It's like, well, this is the same thing, but it's more so. Yeah. And we've also, like, we've mentioned a couple. There's, like, sci-fi and fantasy films that have weddings in. Yeah, um, and that's always fascinating. Hello, like, Star Trek Nemesis again. For yeah, <laughs> fuck's sake. For stuff where it's like a culture that is either so distant removed from contemporary like Earth that it that it might as well be like a completely 
different universe sure or one that is not meant to t- take for example star wars like yes. that is not meant to be in any way connected to earth here those there's no judeo-christian stuff exactly midichlorians it's in the galaxy far far away and it was a long time ago sure but you also need to design a wedding ceremony for a film that people can see and instantly recognize, oh, they're getting married. Um, yep, which means a white dress usually. Yeah. And, and, and again, that, that does conform to a Judeo-Christian sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Because around yeah. the world, they're different colors, different different uh, themes and different looks. Yeah. Um, and it is amazing how they like, will go to very similar tropes. Mm. And then that then, uh, Jack said about art imitating life, you will, I can guarantee you, even though Attack of the Clones is shit, there are people out there having star wars weddings yeah playing the, playing the music from that scene yeah. as they walk down the, the aisle theme, and, and they're wearing that specific mm. netted hair thing and just yeah. the regular fucking jedi robes because anakin couldn't give a shit yeah <laughs> or or like you know copying the wedding ceremony like stuff from game of thrones not the massacre afterwards but <laughs> you know the you know no, oh, you're right you're absolutely right yeah, yeah. Or, or you know it informs so much Maybe the, the wedding scene in The Northman. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> You've got some very interesting examples here. Well, that's the, that's the thing. There are so many examples. Yeah. Because the more, much like when we did, we do a lot of these discussions in the interseason. It's a nice one to close out on for this, for this reason, for this se- interseason bunch. Because there are so many times where you go, oh, I don't really think I know many. And then by, after we start talking about it, it's like, oh my God, I can't stop thinking about them. J- Jupiter Ascending. A great, fucking great fucking sci-fi wedding. Just a, a really unsafe plinth. Yes. <laughs> and a big dress. It's like, oh, wedding. Yeah. <laughs> How's that? Well, you know, she's up there and I can see her. Yeah. Sure. So should we talk about some examples? Let's get some specific examples. Mm. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. You can start taking AG1 because you don't have prep time. Like for a wedding, perhaps, if you're busy preparing for your own wedding, like I was a few weeks ago. 200 meals, 200 servings of athletic greens. Exactly. Use that as catering for your wedding. (laughs) If you did, your guests would have better gut health, more energy, and optimized immune systems. And thankfully, it doesn't taste like the typical kind of super healthy green smoothie type thing. It actually has a nice mild tropical taste, something you can actually look forward to each and every morning. So, what is AG1? With one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Basically, all of the things. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits supporting better sleep quality and is cheaper than getting all of the $100 per day supplements separately. So right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with just one scoop in a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving our listeners a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash emerging. That's athleticgreens.com slash emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are also sponsored by Audible, and you can get a free audiobook and a one-month free trial of Audible's fantastic service by going to audibletrial.com slash sequel. And we had a little pre-show 
brainstorm about what I could recommend because we like to come up with a relevant recommendation every time we do this show to make sure you're getting, you know, an, an actual recommendation. If you do choose to join Audible and you get a free audiobook, mm. you can have whatever you like, but you can also have a recommendation from us. If you are looking for a wedding-centric book, I had a couple of ideas, but thanks to Matthew, we actually settled on mm-hmm. maybe not the wedding you want to use as, like, inspiration. Not the wedding you want, but the wedding you're going to get. It, in a, Yeah, it's, it's the Dark Knight Rises. It's the... The wedding we deserve right now, or whatever it is. <laughs> right, guys? Sure. 2022, mate. <laughs> Something like that. Because I'm recommending book three in A Song of Ice and Fire, A Storm of Swords. And funnily enough, I did actually listen to this book many moons ago. When I first got into Game of Thrones, when the first season of the TV show came out. Ten years ago. So what are you, a child at that point? Christ. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I hadn't read any of the books. I watched the first season, and then I read a couple of the books, and then picked the rest of them up on Audible. And uh, for those of you who know why I'm recommending particularly the third book, it's got the Red Wedding in it. That wedding, iconic, famous moment. What I said, probably one of the most famous moments from all of Game of Thrones and all of A Song of Ice and Fire. Famously. Like my wedding. Yes, it's as famous as Matt's wedding, some might say. Only Matt says that. But it is a incredibly iconic scene from from the small screen, not quite from the big screen, and also from books. And these audiobooks are incredible. There's fantastic production value. Uh, Roy Detrice reads the whole thing. He is fantastic. He does different accents and different voices for different characters and stuff. A really, really brilliant performance. And of course, it's Game of Thrones. You know, it's it's a modern classic for a reason. So. If you haven't read Game of Thrones, or if you're looking to get back into it now that House of the Dragon is coming out, the new prequel series, now is a good time to go and check out this book that contains The Red Wedding. And you can do that, as I said, by going to audibletrial.com slash sequel. You get a free audiobook and a free month of Audible's service. So let's get into some good, bad, and in some cases ugly examples of movie weddings. And as we often do on these interseasons, let's kick it off with you, Mr. Stockton. Hello. What's your first pick? Uh, I'm going to go in order of how much wedding is in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going order of screen time. Yes. Uh, I, I, I might do the same, actually. Oh, see, that's a trend, Sam, motherfucker. Uh, I'll try and do the same thing if I can remember <laughs> trying to work it out. Uh, and they may surprise you. All right. So, my- Buzzfeed, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Number three will shock you. I mean, maybe. Um, no, the first one I have is uh, Jodha Akbar. Uh, it's a 2008 Indian film uh, in Hindi language. It's a big historical epic. It's about a 16th century romance between a Mughal empire, uh, emperor sorry, and a princess. And uh, it's uh, Ritik Roshan and Ashwari Rai. And it's interesting because you're thinking to yourself oh okay yeah no i see where you picked this one it's an indian film indian wedding there's gonna be like days and days of cool stuff um it could be so many songs and it's gonna be oh that's gonna be an amazing feat and it's like yeah there's lots of films like that this ain't one of them so why are you picking it um so john akbar is a, is a great film it's a really it's like a three plus hour movie um and it's a really huge um his 
historic period epic. So it's sword sandals, um, and and one of the major points is that this aforementioned wedding, is, or even the title is an allusion to this. It's an arranged marriage. It's as Tim um, alluded to in the first half. It's a marriage of convenience. It's a marriage of loyalty and um, uh, an alliance forming situation for politics and all kinds of things. Uh, and over time, it becomes an actual romance. It becomes an actual blossoming um, relationship. And it's good. And they become more respect to each other. They, they, they respect each other as they end up fighting with swords. And then he disguises himself as a peasant, goes to his own village and thinks, oh, my God, this is terrible. Um, so th- there's bits going on there, but there's also huge, epic, badass fucking sword fighting battles and things and huge armies. And it's 2008, so it's limited CGI. It's mostly in, uh, in camera production stuff. And it's, it's a big, sprawling epic. The wedding, however, the actual wedding itself is surprisingly small. The, the whole thing is about this matrimony. It's all about this, the wedding. The, the actual marriage is the most important thing because it is the union of these two people who are not happy with each other. There's a curtain that divides them in the room the whole time. They talk through it half the time. Um, they, the way they react and interact with each other, the, um, going through uh, the, their own cultures and the different aspects of where they're from, etc., etc., and 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 obviously this is a, a big religious undercurrent going on the whole thing being obviously a bit of a historical thing about a real actual uh emperor but the wedding is um as it's a couple of minutes long it's nothing too crazy it's a bit a little a bit of a montage it's one of those event things where it happens and it's yeah but it's even in that quiet stillness even in that small uh selection of bits it's really fucking pretty uh the production value of like um the bride and all the sort of courtiers around her and stuff and all the dresses and um the emperor himself with this immense headdress sort of a set with the, the sort of almost like veil of flowers in his face the colors are, are, are lavish and it's just it's just so it's so much spectacle so much stuff and yet there's an uncomfortable reverence to the whole thing because again it is an arranged marriage it's 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 a, a thing we see in a lot of period films of uh as i mentioned earlier the 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 people of status I'm not getting married because I like you. I'm married <laughs> for peace. Yeah, that's kind of what this is. Um, so many examples in like other period movies where it's like, who's this person? It's like, well, this is your new wife. I, she's six. Are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> it's like, well, she won't be six for long. It's like, oh, great, thanks. I look forward to that. And you know, they, they send like some scrolls with illustrations of what this guy looks like, and you know that sort of stuff. So, it, it, by the way, Jod Akbar is is a really good film. It's a really, it's a really easy introduction into Bollywood films as well. If you want to see that sort of Indian cinema, because um, there's one or two songs, and they're played out like we would usually see them in American and British cinema and European cinema, where it's like it just plays over stuff. The characters don't suddenly stop and have a big orchestrated song and dance thing. It's it's much more grounded. So that's very unusual for um, for for an Indian film. But um, yeah, big big historic epic. Uh, the production design on everything is astonishing. The camera, the cinematography, the, the 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 performances are all amazing. But the wedding itself is surprisingly limited, surprisingly slim. Um, but it's as I say, it's that example of here's this big thing. We're not going to make as big a fuss about it because it's more about what follows after the arrangement in the first place of this wedding, and then the relationship with these people. The wedding is merely that that first third catalyst of we have to go through this. Um, it's still going to have all the pageantry. It's going to have all the 
the the the the pomp and ceremony that we expect, but it's not going to feel like a, 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 such a joyous celebration. It's still people are enjoying themselves. Obviously, it's still like a, a a momentous day, but not in the same way it could be. So I found that interesting. I wanted to, wanted to talk about mm. it. It it's more about the marriage than it is about the wedding. Mm. There it is. There it is. Which was I say about my own wedding? Was like people got like, fussy saying, "Oh, it's a very important day." I'm like. It doesn't end after that day. Mm. That's when I start being married to my wife. Yeah, <laughs> the wedding is a nice thing. It's where I'm telling. That's why I'm showing you all that I'm doing this. Yeah, that's why I paid for all the food for you to be here because I couldn't coax you here to be other reasons. Um, <laughs> and then it's like, then because so many people got like a bit of ennui, um, and the film kind of covers that in a way as well. I'm like, oh my god, it's all over now. I said, I think that's one of the bits of advice I gave to, to Jack and Emma was like, have a project. Because mm. you spend months and months and months planning a wedding, and then suddenly there's no more wedding. You're like, what do we do now? Mm. So it's like, and, and that's why a lot of do people a go really big crossword, <laughs> a big poo. Um, I thought he was going to say poo as well. I don't know why, because we're tasteless yeah. little fucks. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, uh, no, it's like plan a holiday, whatever. It's like mm. a honeymoon. I'll, I'll, what ends up in with a lot of people is like, oh, I guess we'll. Uh, 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 what's next? I guess we better punch out some kids. Yeah, yeah. And you get whisked on that fucking weird conveyor belt. But mm. yeah. Anyway, so that's my. That's my first pick. Interesting. Was it well received, given that it it kind of bucks trends in in those in the in yeah. both the musical sense and the uh, the wedding there's scene? A, there's sense? a bit of controversy uh, for mostly because it's a historical thing because it does touch on a lot of religion stuff. Um, it, it was also a time in in Indians. Well, not Indians. It was a broad thing, but trying to branch out into something that wasn't as familiar, new territory. So peeling back some of that more grounded uh, layered kind of thing like oh we're trying to appeal to a wider audience potentially uh, for example the, the the action direction feels quite reminiscent of gladiator and oliver stone's alexander and it's like there's very clearly a lot of nods things here and it's the same thing we're like well we're not going to do you know okay let's take let's take oliver stone's alexander there's a wedding scene in there where these two people have done it for like he he's in love with her and she's kind of like, i don't want to do this you know she's a a Bactrian princess or something like that. Um, and it's like, well, I don't give a fuck about you. And, it's like, and, and, and you have a wedding scene. It's all there, but there's that tension in it. So, and it feels like a lot of that sort of, because this came out, I think, four years after that movie. And so you can tell there's a bit of these sort of like cultural influences of like, here's a really big budget example. Let's do the same sweeping camera over the top. Let's do the same things clashing. I mean, Troy, for example, in 2004 as well, I think it was thereabouts, or 2003 maybe. Yeah. When you have the whole camera pulls back really quickly as the line of people run into each other in a very orderly way and two battles just smashing into each other um that kind of thing for example there are lots of like markers but no i don't think it was hideously um, controversial it did win a lot of awards it did very well obviously for the stars two huge huge indian stars so they didn't get anything it's not like um as far as i can tell it's obviously you know it's like anything i can say no i don't think so Internally in Indian yes. cinema, people can go, mm, I'm not sure about that, but yeah. no, I don't think so. Okay, interesting. Mm. Yeah, Tim, let's come around to you. Okay, so thinking about it, I have one very obvious outlier in terms of uh, how much time is spent at the wedding. Mm-hmm. The other two are more comp- comparable, but uh, mm. I believe my first one is probably the least traditional wedding uh, on my list mm. because it happens during. A battle at sea. <laughs> ah, I have gone just, for just like my wedding did. Thanks. Uh, yep, the wedding of Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan. Ah, nice. In Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Tim with a classic left field there. Yeah, 
I I'm a sucker for uh, fishmen. Uh, for fishmen, I'm a sucker for Bill Nye with a face full of tentacles. To be fair, holds up to this day. Yeah, it really David does. Jones is still fucking incredible. Yeah. Agreed. I, I, I don't know if it's an urban myth, but I think it's partially true where they kind of like built a specific thing that made his tentacles do the thing and then somebody deleted the file and they can <laughs> never recreate the perfect tentacle movements ever again. Wow. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I rewatched chunks of it today and it was like, yeah, it still looks really fucking the good. The production yeah. design of those movies is incredible. Yeah. At yeah. the time, they were the most expensive movies ever made. Oh, yeah, yeah. they were. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the battle that this wedding takes place has that amazing shot at the end where it's Tom Hollander walking down oh, yeah. the steps of his ship as everything around him explodes. Yes. Um, it's very music video, isn't it? It's very it's yeah. very music video. Um, but it's, yeah, I remember uh, people we talk about a lot, uh, Corridor Crew yep. uh, broke down that scene and were like, yeah, there, there's a, a, quite a lot of like actual physical explosions yeah. happening here. Um, but anyway, enough about the explosions. I'm a sucker for a battle-forged couple. <laughs> uh, I I I like a a couple. Why you like Matt and M so much, right? It, yeah, exactly. Accurate. He's been a lot. Um, yeah. So is Emma Jane. Yeah, absolutely. I can um, definitely picture she's them. She's London. She's definitely definitely yep. a lot standing back to back. Uh, you know, surrounded by foes. Uh, perhaps each like that portrait up there, or the superhero portrait to my left. Yeah. Various foe battling poses from the Stogdens. Headbutt yep. motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was picturing you each with like a a sword or something, yeah. you know. It's a bit of a cutlass rapier kind of thing. Yeah, isn't it? yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I I love that as a trope. Um, and uh, I think people forget about the things. Everyone was so focused on oh Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow, he's so amazing. Obviously, uh-huh. uh, his star has fallen considerably since then. Yep. As deservedly so, um, and uh, I Tim think poking that bear every time, <laughs> riling up the depth stands. Tim, it's fine, they can't Twitter what... search it here. I know what I'm not including <laughs> in the Twitter <laughs> clips. <laughs> um, but I think people forget that there was that wasn't the only thing that worked really well in those films. True. Um, and I think it's they, they found it out in the fucking sequels. Exactly, the fourth and the fifth one, which did not have uh. Orlando Bloom or Kira Knightley in, or a bunch of the other people, um, mm-hmm. discovered that that core romance between them, which is very, it's very down the middle of like, oh, she's, you know, comes from wealth but wants to be more independent, and he's comes from a poor household and pined after her from, you know, when sort of when they were young, and, you know, it's, it's pretty straightforward, but it's also just done really well. It's written well, it's, is not afraid to be romantic and to be quite earnest, which there is a, a tendency in a lot of, especially when it comes to romantic subplots in big action films, big blockbusters. We've got into this pattern of like, oh, you know, it's not a fun couple unless they're kind of like constantly sniping at each other, you know. Because it'll be like, you know, it'll be like Cary Grant and Catherine Hepburn. It's like, you're, uh. not right, you're not that good a writer and your <laughs> actors are not that good actors. Um, you know, and there, there is nothing wrong with having a, a fairly earnest, straightforward love story um, that actually shows these people 
who love each other very clearly rather than just like, oh, we kind of hate each other and then two thirds of the way through the film we kiss and now I guess we're in love. It's like they go from hate to kiss to married in like yeah, forty yes. minutes. Yeah. Uh whereas there's very clearly like attraction and like interest and discover you know, discovering kind of each other's good qualities in this. Um without that level of like, ah, oh, we hate each other. And and there there's interesting drama as the film goes on and her flirtation with Johnny Depp and stuff like that. Jack Sparrow, I should say. Um That's the same thing. Yeah. Uh and and I think that the the wedding scene which happens, as I say, is in the middle of the climactic battle of this film trilogy, which was in no way planned to be a trilogy. First one came out, shocked everyone, and then they were like, Okay, we're gonna do two films that filmed at the same time and uh, turn this into a huge trilogy and then squeeze some more money out of it and it will be bad. And we fixed um, the second one back in the day. Yeah. Way I think, back in the day. I think there's definitely a dip in quality, but I think also, especially when you look at the fourth and the fifth one, Oof. that original trilogy works pretty well. There is oh, a yeah. lot to yeah. recommend it about it. It doesn't hold up to the quality of the first one, but it yeah. still has its moments, and I think this is one of them. You have um, Jeffrey Rush as Barbosa having the time of his life Always just yeah. giving a just a big performance from him marrying these two as this battle rages because he has them. the power of it as the captain of the ship exactly There's that like traditional thing yeah like, which yep. was definitely applied to pirate captains living outside the law uh-huh. but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gives a fuck yep. they've got a big book of pirate laws and stuff like that they follow more fucking laws than natural rules <laughs> yes oh yeah you escape the laws for more regulations and yes. laws yeah, yeah. Yeah, that 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 film is <laughs> a funny idea of what being a pirate means. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's in the the middle of this huge sword fight. Uh, all kinds of chaos. The two ships locked in a whirlpool. Uh, the the to the point where they have both tipped inwards, and they're like. Uh, masts and rigging have got tangled together, so they're like literally locked in this spiral together. All this sword fighting and Davy Jones sea monsters with eel heads and shell heads and stuff like that yeah. fighting around them. And I just think it's a really, it's just a, a really big moment and it's not afraid to just be like, fuck yeah, we're going to do a wedding in the middle of a sword fight and then there's going to be a big kiss at the end of it and we're going to like push in on it and it's going to be big and romantic. And then, and spoilers, I guess, for this film. What? <laughs> it then, over the course of that battle, then goes very tragic very quickly because Will gets killed, then brought back to life, saves the day, but has to then spend 10 years away at sea and can only come back for one day, but he's immortal now, so it's fine or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it, it, it kind of... Um, it's not afraid to take big swings, and I think it is just a really fun, you know, a very non-traditional wedding, uh, but one that is perfectly suited to the tone of the films. Perfectly, like, that swashbuckling, like, of course they're not going to get married at a church, of course it's going to be a pirate captain that does the ceremony, of course there's going to be sword fighting involved. I Yeah, I think it just, in a film that is not great most of the time mm. has mm-hmm. a lot of problems but to me i think that 
that moment is really well executed. I think Orlando Bloom and Kira Knightley are great in those roles. Um, I think they really, you know, like I said, they're not the most complex three-dimensional characters, but they work. Uh, they they work in that film, and I think it really suits it. And I think that there are, in that style of things, especially when I think about, you know, obviously these are all Disney properties now. Um, what Roma- isn't a Disney property these days? Yeah. Sequelizers. I can't yeah. imagine a Marvel film at the moment pulling this off with the same aplomb. I think they have a real problem with how they do romance, and I think this is just a, a good approach to it, and I think it works really well. Fair. Yeah, totally yeah. fair. I think it's a really good example of that. We talked about, like, oh, the wedding is a climax kind of thing, and it's the rom-com equivalent of the big final battle. This is both. Yeah. yeah. It's like, fuck you, we're going to do both. Massive final battle and a wedding at the same time. Yeah. The yeah. ultimate climax. Heightened nonsense. Yeah. Well. Exactly. Jack, what have you got for us? More Kira Knightley, Tim. That's what I've got for you. Ooh. Yeah. Real close up. Close ups? Yeah. Super, yes. Very much so. Because <laughs> arguably, this wedding isn't the bit that people remember about this wedding. Oh, I fucking do. Weirdly enough. The wedding video, as we were talking about videographers earlier, is the thing that people remember. And videographers aren't usually a thing that is highlighted in movie weddings. We talked about this earlier. Like the the cinematography of a movie wedding doesn't often include like, oh yeah, uh, if you could just stand over there and get your camcorder out and blah, blah, blah. Like they make a very specific point in Love Actually where our boy Andrew Lincoln father of coral as you probably know him from <laughs> the walking dead and whatnot he's got his little camcorder out and he's best man and he's hanging out with you at a ledger for and being cool and stuff and then he's a fucking creep and that's the bit people remember is him being a christmas creep i remember <clears throat> Uh-oh. i remember how uh the i remember seeing the film for the first time and the big thing he does because he's the best best man ever is that Gets as all... they turn around, all these instruments come. Yeah. And they go, there's a there's a, there's a full <laughs> chorus thing, and then there's yeah. a, like an R and B yeah. singer somewhere yeah. and stuff. Like I yeah. just find it obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> it's the kind of thing. If if someone did that, if my best man arranged that at my wedding, I'd be like, I fucking deck him. Unless it was like Icebreaker or Gary Newman. But they weren't. They, they, nine there, was, inch there was some local fucking ska band doing it. <laughs> Fuck that. So you turn it's... around and just bite the hand that freeze. That'd be awesome. I think I, I would still be angry. <laughs> Fuck off. I'd still be angry because I'm like, this isn't how I would have wanted it. <laughs> now it's... I have to awkwardly tell Trent Reznor to sit down for another hour and a half. <laughs> it, it reminds... Okay, for your wedding, maybe. Yeah, that's fair. It's very like, uh, we want our wedding to go viral yeah, on, it's fancy on YouTube. Nonsense, yeah. uh, and reminds me a lot of um, the American office where like, when, uh, who was it? Pam and, Pam and Jim, Jim get married. Like the the office people have arranged this big like synchronized yeah. dance and they're and they're like yeah we actually got married like two days ago because we didn't want we knew they'd do some shit yeah, like they, this exactly yeah <laughs> exactly and that going viral thing has become such a or what i feel like it's less of a thing now probably is a thing on tiktok at this point but was a huge thing like 10 mm. years ago when people were doing the whole like oh and, and oh. now their first dance song oh it's baby got back and they're doing silly dances oh. and stuff and it starts off traditional and then 
Oh, there's a record scratch, and oh, yeah. it's something else and instead, this is, and this is flash dance from the groomsmen, and 2003, yeah. right? When Love Actually, yeah, 2003. So before YouTube, so we're yeah. like, yep, yeah, madness. I yeah. um, I I can't imagine there's many things more obnoxious than like a TikTok influencer taking you through all the stages and planning their wedding. Uh, Yikes. so a friend of a friend is an Instagram influencer, naming mm-hmm. absolutely no names whatsoever. Don't think you two know them, so but I won't name names just in case. Okay. Apparently, it was a fucking nightmare because everything was planned as if it was a photo shoot yeah. for Instagram well, and yeah. stuff, fucking and madness. it was a massive, huge, like fifty grand kind of wedding. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. out in some massive, incredible house, yeah. some you know, old mm. estate somewhere or whatever it was, and there were drones and multiple videographers and mm. multiple photographers and stuff. It was a fucking production less than it was a wedding yeah you know what i mean and yeah oh yeah uh my friend who was there was like not a bridesmaid but part of the core people and was helping Mm. out and stuff and said it was exhausting it was just being shoved here like you need to be here by 230 you need to be here by 245 there's photos going on at 247 you need to be here it's like that sounds exhausting that sounds absolutely exhausting and to the credit of love actually i like the way it actually like I said, actually has the the cameraman, the videographer on screen because it's a realistic kind of thing. Well, he's like the best man as well, isn't he? And that's the weird thing. I was oh, like, oh, that's really cool. And I rewatched it and I was like, oh, yeah, hold on. He's the fucking best man. Who thought this was a good idea? He's just like clapping along and being like, oh, yeah. And he gives Chua to Ledge for a little like, no, it's like, yeah, man, that's great. Well done. And then whips out his camcorder. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I forgot he was the best. I rewatched it earlier today. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I forgot he was the best man and the videographer. I mean, he's a he's a terrible fe- friend and a creep, but you kind of got to respect his organisational skills. But you say but, respect the side hustle. He's, <laughs> he's, he's he's managing to be the best man and organise like a big surprise thing, big R and B thing, yeah. and do the video at the same time. Well, well t- to be fair, that's, that's the video, a multitasking. The video is shit. <laughs> it, <laughs> yes, I don't think he. I think he's taking his own personal video in the same way someone yeah, films it on yeah, their phone. One no, his... no, 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 because it's because she then goes to his house and it's like, is the video ready? Yeah. No, he is the videographer. He is the he is their wedding he's videographer. He's a fucking idiot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I know he's a fucking idiot, but he recorded it for his wank bank. <laughs> That's the whole more, lesson. Even more fucking stupid. Oh my god. Yeah. No, he is the videographer. They talked to him about it afterwards. Oh, sorry, I completely, uh, yeah. completely misremember that. That's I, why I, I, I watched thought it, it again. Like, oh, there's, they, I want a different angle because so and so's lost the footage. No, but no, you've got something. He's right? He's the videographer. Oh Christ! And he keeps he tells Chibata Ledger for like, oh no, I can't like, uh, oh, there's been a delay with the video or whatever, blah blah blah. And then he she comes over to his and she, he shows it to her oh, I remember, on yes, the yes, screen yeah. and it's like, look. It's a giant face. <laughs> it's, like, it's not even like a romantic thing. It's like, it's like serial killer terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolute serial killer. And you just stand there with this like like shy coil. Like, oh, I've made a with terrible mistake. Hand so, oh, pants. What have I done? Yeah. Also, oh. Kira Knightley's like twenty one at that yeah. point. Yeah, there was a lot of sexualization of young Kira Knightley that nobody really talked her about. Early career, yeah, fucking yeah. yeah, her entire early career, pretty much. Um, exact yeah. same time as uh, Paris the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's a, such a weird thing. I think that's such a, like I said, for me, I remember Andrew Lincoln is a fucking creep. Mm. Oh, they end up together anyway. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. Mm. But I don't remember the wedding. And I had to rewatch it. It's like, 
there is the actual. I thought, do you just see the video that Andrew Lincoln did? I can't remember. Mm. No, because the the wedding is also it's one of the first crossover points between a bunch exactly. of the other characters. Because yep. yep. like, I think Colin Firth's there is, and yes. Laura Linney's mm. there as well yep. and stuff. Yeah, and I was like, oh yeah, that is the whole fucking scene. And as we said, like he gets all this crazy musical shit, and he's the best man. And I was like. I don't remember. I've seen this film a couple of times. I don't remember any of this shit. I remember, I remember shit. him being a fucking serial killer is what I remember. <laughs> I mean, that does trump it. That becomes yeah. a, Once you start going... Oh, trump it. I think I made a pun there about oh. one section. Shit. Right. Um, th- th- there are multiple layers of that. I'm, yeah, I appreciate painful. that. Um, but the idea that... I remember thinking, oh, that would annoy the hell out of me. What a terrible thing. And then later, like, oh no, this is taking... Your, your best man had just been creeping on your wife. Yeah. Quite terrifyingly, and I don't. And obviously, it's 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 an uncomfortable, horrible thing. Blah 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 blah. But just on top of that, to be like so overtly mad about yeah. it, like like like, it's like grabbing a cop's gun. Crazy. Like, <laughs> there's no way out of this. There's no like. Yeah. What was his end game? Like he knew that he was making their wedding yep. video. Yep. Yeah. He I assume because, like I said, he has that conversation. I assume he was just like. Yeah, I just lost it, and it's fucked, I guess, and we'll just never talk about it ever again. And they'll be like, what? I think what almost guaranteed, fu- except what he just had to show it. She did force her way in, saying, it's fine, it's fine, yeah, you show yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And then he goes, well, all right then, maybe she's into it, because dickhead men. Um, the flies up real quick. <laughs> and then, you know, tell him it's carol singers. It's carol singers. And then he just goes into this little thing. And then he, and then he does that, that, that thing as he walks away. That's enough now. I'm thinking to myself as the film ends, I bet it fucking ain't. I bet he's called the police, banging mm-hmm. on the door every Friday night. hundred percent. Ugh. Yeah. Absolute creep. I I believe, and this is a sentence that will make no sense to people who have not listened to the episode. Oh. But I believe when I uh, love actually smoking aces, oh. <laughs> uh, it it was a big drug deal instead of a wedding. It was indeed. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I remember that moment where they exchanged guns, and I was <laughs> like, oh, "It's like the necklace, Tim. <laughs> oh my god." <laughs> Done fucking love actually, but with smoking aces, which I still think is maybe one of the boldest, maddest fucking. Oh plays yeah, we've done a lot of weird in the shit. history That's of quite... sequelizers. Mm. For me, you can kind of expect like, oh, I'm gonna pull from the books or the comics or the other films or mm. extended materials. Tim was like, "Fuck you, it's love actually." <laughs> I needed a big crossover film. I saw one. I thought that'll do. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, love actually is my pick for it just being weird. Yes, no- none of my picks are like. Oh, I really love this scene. They're interesting for various reasons. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, weirdly enough, I think uh, my first one was as romantic as it gets. Everything else gets bad. There you go. Speaking of which, background to you, Mr. Stockton. It's bad. Um, <laughs> so, also, mine are all uh, in the first act or first half of the movie. Interesting. Uh, my yeah, second yeah. one is The Godfather. Um, one of... Uh, I'm not even going to say arguably one of the most iconic movie wedding scenes. The day mm. of his daughter's wedding. This thing. I act like a man. Um, <laughs> so, for those who don't know, The Godfather is a masterpiece. Um, <laughs> we we did an episode about we, Godfather Three. We talked about how good yeah. the first two are. Go and, listen. Uh, yeah, and there's always things like with, well, I think we're saying, with uh, Ashton saying I've never seen him before. He watched it. Yeah, turns out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah we they're were. they're one of the few things where. Hype is real. Yes. People like you who are like film connoisseurs. Oh, you, yeah, yeah. People come to you for advice. On the day of come, my daughter's wedding. They come to you as the dawn of movies. And I'm playing the like first that. movie be a masculine movie. 
<laughs> a Snyder movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. But people come to people like you, Matthew. Yeah, people like me. Yeah. People like you, Catholics. And <laughs> Godfather's got a lot of Catholicism in it. The it name gives it away. It certainly does. I'm a Godfather. Ah, like it's me that connection. No, the Godfather. Yeah. And yeah, the Godfather one and part two are those things that live up to the hype. You get them recommended to you if you haven't seen them. Whenever you say that, they're like, "Oh my god, you haven't seen the Godfather? It's one of the best movies ever made." And you're like, "Yeah, I'll just I'll get around to it." I was that for quite a few years. Sure, not quite as late as Mr. Ashen, but uh, I think I'm still younger now than he was then. So yes, <laughs> but there's that whole thing where they do actually live up to the hype, and everybody, even if you haven't seen the films, I did the quote there straight away of like, "Come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding," and everybody knows like the little snippets and quotes around mm-hmm. it. But that scene is so fucking good. Yeah, and it's the fact that it's it, it, well, just like Love Actually and other bits and pieces, it sets up so many characters, yep. so many bits of dynamics, so many relationships, interactions. It introduces Kay, and it introduces the fact immediately Kay and um, Jesus Christ. Yeah, Kay, Kay and Michael's dynamic, where it's like she's like being playful and wants to know about stuff. And he's like, never ask me about my business, my family. Kay, it's like. Okay, that's a weird term this could take. Um, and Fredo being drunk and unreliable. Um, James Caan being a hothead and idiot. Um, and uh, obviously Talia Shire being just all over the place. There's so much in it. You're like, and, 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 and like, where's Pop? Where's Pop? We're not doing our Pop. I'm not doing it without Pop. And, you know, the fact that um, Don Vito Corleone is up in his office, he's still doing work. He's still doing business. Everyone's coming to him from stuff. And, uh, they get uh, this, you know, famous singer who's the, you know, Godfather is, is the, the Don, and he's obviously done some connection stuff. All the background, all the arguments, all the closed door, hushed tones, kids having a fun time running around and just doing stuff. There's also randomly press outside, and Khan goes and beats him up and throws a lot of money. I'm like, hey, go for your fucking cameras. Um, there's so much going on, and it's only as the film continues that you realize how fucked up it all is so for example obviously you've got um the family dynamic how many of those people are dead by the end of the movie um you, i mean literally the, the the wedding photography of them all together for example i want them all i'm not doing it until michael's here I want to wait, i'm not going to do it until he, and he everyone's like oh he's clearly the precious boy in his in his in his his war uniform etc etc and it opens with it and also the wedding itself the the uh spoilers for the godfather the marriage is a sham. And I don't mean like it, it, it just, I mean, it goes very bad and gets very abusive very quickly. And, you know, there's the whole uh, thing that Michael has to sort of wrestle with because he takes over the family, essentially. And the whole time, there's this awful wedge that spills into the other films and everything else, which is Connie saying, did you kill my husband? And he's like, eh. I'm not gonna. You, do you think I'd let someone like that be like that to you, to my family, to this thing? It's like, that, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, and there's so much corruption and awful, uh, twisted logic and overbearing mm. male people in this very religious ceremony. And it's like, what mm. the fuck is happening? And by the end of the movie, it's capped off with the, uh, the baptism christening at the end, mm. and that's the, 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 the cleaning up of it all. And it's like the, the, the years that take place after the whole, like you know. The, the wedding leads to this next stage, which we talked about here, which is like, bang, now there's a baby. 
and they're being born into this fucking awful family just as people are being brought into the family for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And you can tell so much money's been spent on it. There's so much opulence and grandness. Uh, and in the compound, there's obviously this, it's very secretive and private, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's very lavish and never-ending. And it, on the outside, it looks like a nice event, but on the inside, it is hideously um, uh, rife with, with misery and pain mm-hmm. and, 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 and torture at the end of the day. And that's very much mafia presentation. It it sets up the rest of the film just so entirely, well. per, it, just a perfect like scene. And there's so many relatable bits to it. That's the worst part. Uh, that's, the, that's the deception. That's one of the beautiful things about the Godfather films is that you watch it and go, "Oh my god, this is hitting a little too close to home." Mm. And it's the conversation. I mean, it's like, well, that can't be right because you know it's you know this family's a bunch of fucking mm. murderers. It's like, oh, they're just like my family. Oh no, they're just like my family. That, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see other big events in like Godfather 2 and 3 and such, and it's the same sort of thing, but nothing really lives up to or nothing really surpasses that opening wedding scene because it goes on for so long and does so much. Yeah. Iconic. Tim, what's your second film? We've got another Richard Curtis joint. What is it, another Kira Knightley there? Fucking <laughs> Say it three times and she shall appear. <laughs> Uh, but probably not the one people would expect, uh, because I've picked what is probably my favourite film of his. I've oh. forgotten all this stuff. So I remember, oh. Oh, 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 I remember it is, yeah. Oh. About Time. Nice. I remember now. Uh, which is probably one of the least lesser seen of his films, mm. although I think it's become a bit of a sleeper hit on, it on stuff like that. It is a bit like of Netflix. a cult following now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. apparently it's also massive in South Korea. That which, does make a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, which I can kind of see. Yeah, yeah given South Korean dramas, yeah. yeah. So you're on a bit of a Bill Nye kick at the minute, it seems. Yeah, mm. clearly. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it, it, I really, really like this film. I think it's it's really interesting. It, it's it's billed as a rom-com. I don't think it really is. It's It has a romance at the centre of it, but it is, it, as we said, uh, with with uh, your first film, that it's less mm. about the wedding and more about the marriage. Yes, and yes. really beyond that, it's less about the marriage and more about life in general. Um, the 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 further the film goes on, the the more it moves from being a rom com into something kind of different and more a little bit more philosophical in a, a way, more matured and considered. Exactly. Um. For people who haven't seen it, the basic premise is that uh, Domhnall Gleeson uh, is a young man who uh, is in a small lives in lives in Cornwall with his family. Bill Nye is his dad, and on his twenty-first birthday, Bill Nye reveals that the men in the family can travel back in time, uh, essentially in their own lifetime, kind of thing. Like uh, quantum leap, except not like quantum leap at all. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then it just follows him getting into a relationship with Rachel McAdams. They get married about kind of halfway through the film, um, and then follows their life together, and ends up becoming a lot more about uh, Tim, haha, <laughs> the main character's relationship with his father, and just kind of uh, how he approaches life with disability and how it informs how he looks at the world, and. As I said, the wedding happens right in the middle of the film. Uh, it's 
in there in a small church in Cornwall. Um, and it's a very short sequence for, you know, Richard Curtis start made this big bang with four weddings and a funeral. You expect it to be a big palaver. It's actually a pretty short sequence. Um, you barely see any of the actual wedding. You basically just see Re- uh, Rachel McAdams walking down the aisle uh, to a, a tune that had been mentioned earlier, sung by an Italian singer. That was that's kind of uh, a, a thing that Tim and his father share, and 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 it's like something that she's clearly done as something for him to be like, ah, oh, you know. Um, and then it kind of cuts to the reception which is during a massive downpour, like as soon as they start leaving the, the, the wedding chapel, rain starts pouring down, and then they have the, like, uh, not gazebo. What's a big gazebo? Gazebo. Uh, tent thing in the garden. Yeah. yeah. Collapses, basically, due to the rain. Um, I don't think there's a word for a big gazebo. Marquee. Marquee, Marquee yeah. is what I'm thinking well of. Done, there Tim. we go. Goddamn French. <laughs> Gazebo. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the main focus is on the best man speech, uh, where Tim has been very conflicted about who his best man should be. And so. Not Andrew Lincoln, thank God. Fucking yeah. hell, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, one of the, one of his, 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 his selection starts giving the best man speech, and he's like, oh, this is terrible. So he travels back in time. Very, you barely see it. You basically just get the sound effect of like him doing it changes who his best man is and then you see another terrible best man speech and it basically goes through a few and then it en- he ends up picking his dad as his best man mm-hmm. and then afterwards his dad gives a very lovely speech and then afterwards his dad is like oh i didn't say i love you and he's like oh well it was implied he's like no i'm gonna go back and do it because they can both time travel yeah, and yeah so then yeah. you see it again with his dad giving a slightly different speech um and overall it's just a very sweet it's a very short sequence um it very much is in tune with the theme of the film because it's the with the rainstorm and everything it could easily be considered a disastrous wedding like everybody gets soaked through people blowing away as they walk from the church to the to the house for the reception all that kind of stuff um but it is shot and 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 soundtracked with this this il mondo this this italian kind of big operatic ballad um it's shot with such kind of love and it's like it doesn't matter that everything went wrong because at the end of the day this couple love each other their family love each other that's all that it really needs which is really the moral of every single wedding yep. yes i yeah. remember you telling that to me like you said matt with yep. some advice before my wedding like, i said tim's gonna ruin it by traveling through time yeah <laughs> yeah don't worry about it he'll fix it yeah so and then always don't, he'll be there <laughs> always you don't invite any tim oh shit <laughs> Tim's can time travel. Tim wasn't even invited to any weddings, but Tim somehow appears because he keeps going back until some <laughs> he organizes yeah. a situation where he gets invited. Yeah. yeah. And it's a combination of this film and wedding crashes. Um <laughs> Tim invited himself onto the podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> it's like time cop meets wedding crashes. <laughs> oh my god. Read between the lines. Why didn't I do that as my sequel for time cop? <laughs> read, read between the lines. I oh, do. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> It just says I do on the bottom yeah. of that shoe. Oh my god! Um, but yes, like uh, essentially, like the, the the kind of the end moral of the the film is that Bill Nye talks to um, Tim and says, kind of, the best way to live your life 
is to you go through the day normally and you have all your worries and anxieties and then oh is this gonna go well or oh am I gonna make the train on time, etc. etc. And then go back and relive that day and don't really do anything different. But just now that you know that thing how things are gonna pan out, take the time to enjoy the little things. Look up and see the amazing ceiling of the building you're in. Like see the smile on the person who's serving you at lunch and stuff like that. And eventually, you don't even need to travel in time to do that because it just becomes habit. And that lesson comes later on in the film, but the, the, the wedding scene is kind of that in a microcosm just because of the way it's filmed, the way it's shot and soundtracked. And it is just that thing of like, things can go wrong, but at the end of the day, if, you're, if you have the right attitude about it and if you're surrounded by the people you love, it doesn't matter. And that's what marriage should be about as well. Yep. Mm. Agreed. About Time is my favourite Richard Curtis movie as well. Yeah. Absolutely love About Time. It feels like he must have been like dying when he wrote it because it's quite <laughs> poignant. Yeah. It's one of those films where I'm like, there's going to be a certain point where I can't watch this anymore because yeah. it's going to make me think about my dad and I'll Aww. be sad. Aww. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I, I, I think that's yeah. one of those things where it is absolutely that kind of thing where you're yeah. like, yeah, I've got a limited amount of time with this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also talked about About Time on our time travel episode way back in the day. So if you want to hear us talk more about About Time, and it's a great movie, so why not? It's mm. in season 6.7 from October of 2020. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. We thought it were, I thought I was going to go to Japan in October 2020. Nope. Three times I thought that. What nope. an idiot. Anyway, so, so that's twice that it's uh, it's been about about time time. <laughs> T- talking about about time time. <laughs> He's not wrong. I'm ha- guys, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> he's, he's not, not wrong. wrong. <laughs> he's, he's just having a stroke. But I'm not helping. Can't wear my fingerprints on another stroke victim. <laughs> Jack, we're round to you. Stop me talking nonsense. I-, I will do. Go from that beautiful sentimental moment to whatever the fuck you're about to bring us. I am going to talk about, again, a wedding where I don't really remember the wedding. I remember the, uh, the post-wedding scenes, I guess. Okay. Oh, hello. <laughs> yeah. I don't know which one I'm going to bring up now. Good question. I'm saving the best for last, Matthew. Uh, so I'm going to talk about 40-Year-Old Virgin. Ah, uh, okay. A film which culminates in a wedding, in a way. Yeah. But the real yeah. climax comes afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> for God's sake, consummate the thing. <laughs> exactly. And also deck that motherfucker as yeah, well. Absolutely. Andrew Lincoln like, comes out with a camcorder. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, a nightmare we're film. Just finding <laughs> Matt wants to punch people at yeah, wedding. That Sonic 2 has... <laughs> It's all the fucking Sonic. Sonic 2. Sorry, carry on. Jack. All those knuckles as best man. Nah, it's very awkward. I <laughs> <laughs> more the whole, the whole thing was a sting. It was a ruse. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure, do, sure, do carry yeah. on, sorry. Uh, but yeah, Four-Year-Old Virgin. I, I really enjoyed that movie back in the day. It was a very early kind of... I they call that the, the Rat Pack or whatever they that Oh, the Apatow crew, things, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Apatow crew. It was the Carell and Rogan and all those guys yeah, back yeah, in the day. Yeah. All looking very young and weird, and Paul Rudd looks the same. Paul Rudd looks exactly the same. Seth Rogen looks like a different human being. Yeah, yeah. and has has yeah. has glowed up to say the least. Mm. Which my wife is very very pleased with because you know likes a bit of Seth Rogen. Oh. I was uh, they've just uh, published a oral history of Superbad because it's fifteen ah, years old. Oh. It's a very good read. Oh, oh. so old. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! He was talking about how cops come up to him and go, "I'm a cop because of that film." And he goes, wow, you're a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, you did not understand the movie. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, God. 
But yes, 40-year-old virgin, um, I think is a lot of fun, even now. Yeah. Um, some obviously like all comedies from the 2000s, it's got bad moments. Yeah. But overall, it's got, some it's got a lot moments, of heart. But it's got a lot of heart. And there's some Kat Dennings. Introduction to Cat Dennings, for me, at least. Sure. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because, like I said, the, the wedding itself, I don't think it's anything particularly interesting or spectacular. There's like, oh, it's all the gathering, all the characters, and they do the clapping and you celebrating and stuff. And like, bit lazy. He's just wearing like a linen shirt and stuff, and mm. it's like, my my memory, I, my memory of the wedding is very tangled in with the Age of Aquarius song that they do afterwards. Thank you, Tim. That's I what I want to talk about. I cannot unwrap the two in my that's, brain. That's mm. way more interesting and the thing I actually want to talk about. Yeah. Because again, I think similar to Love Actually, I forgot there was an actual wedding in this movie, and I was like. Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, there's like Age of Aquarius and mm-hmm. let, the, let the sun shine and stuff, right? It's like, no, that's the post-sex, like... That's him reacting to what it's like having sex. Yeah. For the second like, time. It's like, oh yeah, because he's dressed much in the same way with the kind of like white shirt and stuff. And I was yeah, like... Because they film it during the same bit, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, That's not the wedding. The wedding is just a kind of normal wedding. Like, oh, okay. The wedding is made out to be a very expensive, wonderful affair. Like, how did he arrange this whole thing? It's like, he sold his toys. Oh my God, we should get some toys. I'm like, he, he yeah. specifically sold his Marvel action figures and stuff like that. Bear in mind, they're like Thor and Captain America and stuff in 2005. Idiot should have held on to them for longer. Oh, if it had held on like four more years. I bet you got divorced <laughs> after that. It'd have made a lot more money. Mm. Captain yeah. was in those movies. Exactly. Anyway... <laughs> And <laughs> an Ant Man was there. <laughs> oh my god! Holy shit! Exactly. It's it's a weird one because you're totally right, Tim. You think of the big finale with the cast singing "Age of Aquarius" in a weird way, mm. and then it transforms into "Let the Sun Shine In," and it's this, mm. I guess, iconic, like big, ridiculous, over the top musical ending that's yeah. also in a dream sequence sort of and it's more bollywood thing. than a bollywood film exactly that i brought exactly. up yeah yeah much more bollywood than than your bollywood choice but i've yeah it's another one i find fascinating where usually it, it's a rom-com for all intents and purposes tends to lean more on the com than the rom in this in this case but sure there's a wedding in it that culminates with the two central love interests getting married all that kind of stuff but that's not what the film is about. It's mm. 40-year-old virgins. They're actually focusing on him having sex. And that is actually the real kind of culmination. And as I said, climax of the movie. So, yeah, it's a weird one for me. I think it's a perfectly adequate movie wedding. Unspectacular. But everything around it is interesting and much funnier. Yeah. And, yeah, Age of Aquarius and Let the Sun Shine in that big moment is so... The thing that sticks yes. out in everyone's head. It's interesting because it also reinforces almost unintentionally the idea that uh, a very antiquated idea of n- uh, no sex. Yeah. yeah, the idea of not having sex before. What a terrible idea! Especially for two people. Like he's forty. Yeah, and she is. She's got three. Something. She's yeah. a grandmother. She's a grand yeah. grandmother who's uh-huh. been married before. Like yep. the yep. idea that that they would then wait for their wedding night is kind of odd um i suppose yeah i i don't know yeah i think like anything it's it's like the, the traditions is just peer pressure from the past from people who didn't know what the fucking internet was <laughs> so sometimes i'm like mm, do i get to have to listen to them um so it's like oh we we did it this way it's like why well we all just did well 
hey, I'm the... wiped with paper now, so fuck you. That's the phrase of uh, well, it's the way it's always been done, or we've always done it that way. It's like, yeah, I don't care. That's that's not the thing. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's it's a weird example, but yeah. If it's, what's, if it's what's in your head, that's what's in your head. That's, that's why we go and make these lists. And sometimes we get really considered, like, oh, I want it for this reason. Sometimes, like, that's the one I think of for some reason, which means at some point that film had an impact. Therefore, that scene had an impact. Therefore, it's obviously of note. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Background to you, Matthew, for your third and final wedding. Some could say the most miserable outcome. Oh, good. Uh, I've said doing... the most miserable for my third one. I well. fucking hell, yeah. I'm doing some mental uh, maths, and I think this is, by definition, the very worst wedding of all of these movies. Jesus. But that's not necessarily because of the wedding. So the film I want to mention is Lars von Trier's Melancholia. Christ. <laughs> you know. A barrel of laughs. <laughs> yeah. Fuck me. Um, Lars von Trier is a very divisive director. <laughs> <laughs> to say... You ain't kidding. The least. <laughs> um, but... I think Melancholia is his... I think a lot of people... It's not a controversial thing to say. A lot of people feel it's his best movie. Yeah. It's, his, it's his watchable movie, is what you mean by that. Yeah. 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 Um, one that's not seven hours and full of mad shit. It's a lot of fake penises in his sex movie with yes. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> Melancholia is, a f- to be honest with you, a really, really good look at depression. Um, which everybody needs a really good look at. Um, it's shot in a really interesting, both low and hi-fi kind of way. In that it's on the digital cameras are shot and everything has a sort of interesting grain to it all. It's a 2011 movie. Um, it feels like a, a little more almost documentarian. And then there's some huge CGI sequences and you're like, holy shit, this feels bigger than I thought it was. And the, there are two threads. One is between two sisters, Justine and, and Claire. And uh, Justine's played by uh, Kirsten Dunst. And she's getting married to Alexander Skarsgård. And it's just a fucking nightmare. It's just a load of fucking wealthy people in this castle. And it's all this being forced and pushed and pulled into doing things you don't want to do. I don't mean just like the marriage thing. I mean like work. Just stuff that's happening and cropping up and family dynamics. And oh, you have to do this. Have to. Do and there's so much pressure. And the way it's been shot, it's so uncomfortably close. And you've got like a angry Kiva Sutherland in there as well and it's like fucking hell um, and Kirsten Dunst's character goes just hideously into a depression spiral because she's been depressed before in the past um, and Dunst in 2011 sells that incredibly fucking well um, obviously going through a lot of her own shit at the time um, and the wedding itself effectively gets sort of called off but everything at the start is about this chaos about this energy and people being you know uh, pushed and pulled in different directions and things and the interactions between people and then it the, the the film carries on basically but it's all kind of in the vicinity of where everything is happening so you you kind of get the impression that the whole thing is about this this wedding even though it very much isn't it's only that the first half um the other part of this film very important part there's a giant sort of planetoid called melancholia yep it's on a collision course with earth this fucking movie, and it's uh, and and this the sky is lit up with these really interesting, um, more double moon situations. Mm. Um, birds fall dead out of the sky every now and again. There's all kinds of ridiculous, exactly what you want standard, in a wedding, standard wedding stuff, standard yeah. wedding stuff, things you can't plan for. 
you know, throw the confetti and the dead birds. Uh, your fingers turn to electricity <laughs> like fucking Palpatine, you know, weddings. Um, and there is a moment of, oh, it's going to be okay, everything's going to be all right, when uh, the planetoid misses Earth. Uh, and then everything spirals into this, just this nightmare, oh God, we're all fucked. And is is what depression really looks and feels like. Um, but the, as I say, because it starts with the wedding, because it's like, well, look, it's Kirsten Dunst, this young, attractive, successful woman, and Alexander Skarsgård. A handsome man. A handsome man. All that meat. Mm. Um, and it's that like... tall, Nordic shish kebab. Yeah. <laughs> and they're getting... <laughs> <clears throat> yep. And they're getting married in this beautiful castle with all their family, and, and it's very, very... It's... it's the aforementioned Instagram picture perfect per, uh, picture perfect weddings. It's what you would want. Oh, and by the way, there's a huge planetoid that's going to wipe out all life on Earth. We're not too worried about for that for some reason. And then it, it's a near miss, and you're like, oh, everything turns out fine, except it doesn't. Um, so it's it's a really hard film to describe without ruining things. I don't want to go into too much detail, but it is about a lot of it is what I could call sitting in the bath movie, um, <laughs> where you're just like floating there staring at the ceiling and you kind of lose track of time and everything around you there's a lot of that going on in this movie and even when it's hectic and there's screaming and the shouting there's lots of back and forth and and and, uh and madness it still has that this is all happening around me it doesn't affect me which and there's a strange sort of framing device is sometimes what does it feel like to be at a wedding when you're getting married it all races by so quickly your center of attention that you kind of go into this isolation tank of your own body and go, I guess I'll just wait for this to say, no, 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 be in the moment. Be, for God's sake, this goes by quickly for you. And already it's like, you're so worried about getting to the next stage, to the next stage, to the next stage. Live this moment. Um, but in the movie, obviously, it's not about that, really. It's about uh, how chaotic and disastrous and control of your own life and misery and depression and things like that. But the, it, it, I mean, the, 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 the poster for the film, very iconically, is um, Kirsten Dad's in the wedding dress, just sort of floating in the, yeah. in the reeds. And it's like, yeah, it's it's a very very good film, but fucking miserable. Yeah, you can get the toast from John Hurt and Charlotte Rampling yep. in there as well, and that whole family drama bollocks. Actually, and... your bottom is going. Oh, yeah, you're cringing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And fucking Kiefer Sutherland just gritting his teeth in the background there. Yeah, trying not to go Jack it's Bauer so on the It's <laughs> <laughs> so, so uncomfortable, and you see, and that's the thing we've all been to or have worried or risk assessed in our head weddings that go like that fuck i hope so and so doesn't stand up. oh shit they're standing up okay okay we got yeah there's the every wedding has a go team who are like if that person stands up you tackle them <laughs> the i don't care what happens they do not open their mouth mm-hmm. make sure that happens yeah and i think it's it's great performances from rampling and oh yeah and dunst and you've got Stars some Garden, like, amazing so there's some really. real powerhouses there and i think yeah as much as it is so clearly just uh, an analogy for depression there are some real kind of like moments of reality there and like you said Matt that, that is a genuine worry for so many of us who are planning weddings you know you're inviting family members and stuff like oh your fucking mother's gonna do something isn't she oh she waits a- she's gonna get a couple of wines in her she's gonna do something or dad's gonna have a punch up with somebody oh, he hasn't seen his brother in 10 years yeah. he's gonna have a fucking thing so and- all the photos of your, your, your aunt staring with daggers at someone else like yeah I could just, just fucking make a nice face for once, yep. for God's sake. Why, Every has camp- da- why has Darren got a black eye? Yes. <laughs> he hasn't got day. it in the earlier photos. What the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, it does a surprisingly good job, those scenes in particular, of 
bringing some reality to this weird heightened kind of atmosphere no pun intended and and whole kind of mood that this film is essentially and i was pleasant- it's a big mood it's a it's a big mood big mood Big moon, big, big moon, mood. big mood. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get that tattoo. <laughs> I think that's the tagline. <laughs> big moon, big moon. <laughs> Fucking hell. Kiss and Dunst didn't know she was signed for a big moon, big mood. Coming soon, Melancholia. Starring Coming up Rob Schneider. On Channel 4. <laughs> Fuck Rob out. Schneider gets turned into a moon. <laughs> He's hurtling towards Earth and there's a wedding going on. Whoa! <laughs> I would like the cut of that where it's just Rob Schneider screaming at the camera every, every time the planetoid. Oh, it's oh! going to hit her. This is the worst version of Majora's Mask I've ever played. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a good film. Go check it out. Um, starring <laughs> Rob Schneider. Not that film. That's a, that, that's a fucking... Nothing starring Rob Schneider. That's a nightmare. Um, that's not true. Demolition, Demolition Man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one exception. <laughs> There, there was a moment. <laughs> uh, Tim, like Melancholia of the Moon itself, we're back around to you. <laughs> For those who've seen the film, you'll get that. Um, <laughs> uh, as I said, uh, I've gone in, I've gone in uh, order of least, least wedding to most wedding. Sure. Uh, so my final pick has, has the most wedding. Uh, it is the video for November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Uh, no, what, a, what a fucking <laughs> hideous fucking dress. Yeah. First, sequ- first, first, uh, first guitar solo is bullshit. Second guitar solo is perfect. Oh, yeah. what, what a second half to a song. Should uh-huh. we just talk about November Ames? <laughs> I'm glad you brought this up, Tim. Uh, just that when the piano kicks in, Slash gets it, up on the uh, piano. And, was yeah. it uh, Love and Thunder that did November Rain recently? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I know it, has, it had a lot of Guns N' Roses on the train. It did. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, that's not my pick. Although, go watch that video. It's great. Yeah, I'm sure. going to air guitar while you talk. Okay. Uh, no, my final pick uh, is Rachel Getting Married. Oh, hello, Depression. Yes. <laughs> Let, talking about awkward toasts, uh, there's, there's, there's a rival to the, the John Hurt and Charlotte Rampling oh, ones yeah, in definitely. this. Uh, for people who aren't familiar, this is a, a Jonathan Demme film. Um, it was kind of basically his sort of return to uh, fiction. <laughs> Uh, yeah, for yeah. want of a better word, after doing lots of documentaries, um, it's obviously that's something he has done back and forth uh, throughout his career. Very famously, doing a lot of music documentaries and concert films and stuff like that. Uh, and it stars Anne Hathaway as a woman named Kim, who is essentially getting a kind of long weekend pass out of rehab uh, to go and attend her sister's wedding. The Mm-hmm. titular Rachel uh, and it basically just follows this family uh, as the wedding happens over this kind of yeah the, the the last few days of preparation the rehearsal dinner the wedding itself the reception etc and then a little bit of the morning after when Kim goes back to rehab uh, and really just dives into they have a very complicated relationship there is a lot of tragedy in the background of the family kim is this amazingly spiky acerbic uh broken individual who initially like shows up like one of the first things she says after seeing her sister again is 
oh my god, you're so skinny, I could swear you're puking again. Um, mm-hmm. Just Lovely. coming in, like, immediately, like, I everyone's expecting me to be awful, so I'm going to be awful. <laughs> um, there is a section in the rehearsal dinner uh, where she gives this incredibly self-centered kind of destructive speech almost where she tries to like do the kind of making amends step of the 12 step program in the middle of doing what is meant to be her wedding toast god um and it's incredibly awkward and and just horrible um but as we spend more time with her you get to understand the character you get to understand the kind of the tragedy at the center of the family and ultimately I, I find it kind of fascinating. We talk about all, you know, oh, weddings that kind of so much drama can happen at them. And this is a film that is full of drama and full of like emotionally complex people kind of bouncing off of each other. And there's so much like awful stuff that has happened to this family in the past that, that this wedding is, is bringing up. But then it gets to the actual wedding day. And even with all the drama that's gone on and there's been like car crashes and stuff like that, all that gets put aside because everyone's like, at the end of the day, we all do still love each other. And like, I can go back to being awful tomorrow for the, for the actual wedding. I'm going to be decent ish. <laughs> yeah. My, my film has the, as Melancholia has the worst outcome ending. Whereas Rachel Get Married has a really nice, so wholesome yeah. kind of, um, it's, it's like of all the places it's gone so far, this is going to be a disaster. And you, the way it ends, you're like, oh, actually, yeah. you know what? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's so you you could spend so much of this film going like, oh my god, something awful is going to happen at this wedding, and actually, it kind of goes off without a hitch. Um, and it kind of shows that there can be forgiveness, not completely because there's still tensions at the end of the film, and and very awkward things that are unsaid. And it's very clear that Kim is still on her journey to recovery or through recovery. Um, but it's such a... I, I, I really love this film. I think it's really great. Anne Hathaway is amazing in it. Uh, Rosemary DeWitt plays Rachel. Um, and she's great at it. There, You completely buy them as sisters. Um, the, the family dynamics in it are so, so good. Um, and... It's shot by Jonathan Demme in this fascinating way where it was almost shot like a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically was just like, we talked about like, oh, you know, filming a wedding is basically like putting on a wedding. Yeah. They basically did that here. They had a couple of people with cameras. He worked, you know, with his cinematographer and they just put all the wedding on and made sure they got the scenes that they needed to film. But there was always someone there was someone who was filming the action of the wedding and the the scenes that they needed to do. But then there'd be another camera person who was just like wandering around and and they were encouraging the actors to be like, yeah, if you want to have just kind of like an interesting conversation or or do a little bit of characterization over here, like hopefully we'll catch it. And if not, don't worry about it. It's fine. Just do, just do you. For some actors and extras and background actors is terrifying. Others are like, fuck yes, Mm. I can get my teeth into this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, some and so much of the, for those of you who don't know, usually if you're a background extra, you get given like a phrase to basically repeat back to each other. Like yeah. rhub- rhubarb is a very common one because usually it moves you get, your... walk from here 
to there. Oh, yeah. And if you're on the way through, say, ha ha ha, unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Or like unspoken, like chatter yeah, in the background yeah, yeah. and stuff. You're just giving a phrase that will never be heard, but Absolutely. it makes it look like you're having a conversation because your mouth is moving and people are nodding and stuff. <laughs> and like mm. Actually capturing those moments and giving people like, have an actual conversation is a really nice touch. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and it's it's an extraordinary film. There's no score or soundtrack to it. Oh, interesting. But there is constant music, ah. but it is all diegetic. Oh. Because the the father, uh, Paul, who's played by Bill Irwin, who's an actor I really like. People probably know him from Legion, best of all. Yes, he's um, great He's a really great actor. He's fantastic in this. He is so good and mm. so tragic in it. Um. Is meant to have been like a like a music producer or something. It never really fully explains it, but it's kind of just implied. Mm-hmm. And uh, the groom in the wedding, Sydney, who's played by the lead singer of TV on the radio, um, is is implied to be kind of like in music production or, or or involved in the music industry in some capacity. So there's basically they have a bunch of musicians at their wedding and at the house ahead of the wedding who are always just somewhere just like playing. And so the whole film is filled with music, apart from one very notable bit where when they were filming, Anne Hathaway was like, okay, we're in the middle of this like really dramatic scene and I can't quite focus because there's the music going on. And Jonathan Demme was like, well, fine, just shout at them and tell them to shut up in the scene. Um, and so you get this, she's like halfway through this speech and she's like, can you just tell them to shut up for, for a second? It's like, yeah. guys, guys, give it a rest. Um but then you get to the actual wedding and it's this amazing cavalcade. It's like this uh, kind of Indian themed wedding sort of. But then there's yes, also it is, yeah. um, there's like uh, carnival like dancers show up a, in a bit. They have like um, just amazing, like a, a, just a huge variety of like music going on constantly throughout it. Um, you can t- like it's so obvious from like Jonathan Demme's background that you know he wanted to shoot it this way and and he has all these connections in the music industry from doing all these concert films and stuff um so it's a really fascinating and unique wedding like it all takes place at this kind of big house that they have but it's all in the back garden basically um yeah it's so many different things kind of going on at once that make it interesting the way it's shot the way the music is done the really unique wedding that they have and the drama that is running throughout it all. Um, I I just think it's a fantastic film. I really recommend seeing it. Um, and yeah, the, as I said, it's the most wedding because it's basically the whole thing is about the wedding weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great film. I heartily recommend it. Jack, our final wedding comes we come round to you some would say greatest wedding in cinema Jesus many Christ. many would many say. people yeah. would say some people would say it's part of if not the most important wedding i saw in this. this in the fucking google doc i said <laughs> jesus christ i mean to be fair i absolutely understand why M- many people would say it's the greatest romance of the past hundred years i, I agree Tim. i agree I'm not involving myself in this. I'm talking about Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1. And now you know why I'm not involving myself in this. <laughs> this is, in fact, a troll pick. This movie's fucking awful. Um, and He says this, and yet he owns 10 copies. No. <laughs> Thank God. 
I did watch all of the Twilight Saga oh, not too no, long yeah, ago. Yeah, that gives you full rights to say because shit. lockdown and my wife and stuff. Yeah, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> there's like one and maybe a quarter of a good movie out of like fifteen fucking movies or however many. There are. I agree with that statement. Yeah, yeah. The only good ones are clips. Yes, got like backstory and explanations for yes. stuff. The rest of it is fucking nonsense. Absolutely correct. I like that it goes balls to the wall crazy in Breaking Dawn Part Two. Tim is also right with that. Certainly does. Mm. And then it's all a dream. Spoiler Decapitations alert. all over the place. And it's all a dream. Ah! Oh, <laughs> thank you, Michael Sheen. Oh. Michael Sheen is the best thing in these movies. He's the best thing in most He's the films. Best. It's him screaming in uh, in I what it was called now the, the the staged thing. I think it was with him and oh Dave yeah Taylor. yeah three billion worldwide. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. Anyway, so this wedding has been built up to in the previous movie and kicks off. The first half of the last part of this saga. Very confusing because it was in the era of the final bit is split in two, yeah. so we get part one, part two. Yep. Hunger Games, Harry Potter, Twilight, all that kind of shit. And Breaking Dawn part one is maybe the worst in all of them. It is absolutely <laughs> the worst. It's so dull. There's so much chess. <laughs> and, and not, I not like in a, chess. And, and not in a ma- at his own wedding kind of way. No. The wedding itself, and this is kind of what I was hinting at earlier. I talked about Sex and the City being such an influential thing and so many people being inspired by the dress or the look or whatever and people buying those shoes because they were on Sex and the City. Fucking Twilight had the same influence on so many young women of that era who grew up watching Twilight. So many Pinterest boards filled with images of... And Tumblrs and MySpaces and whatever the fuck else. Yeah. But good lord... This is the blandest, boringest fucking wedding. It's full of fucking vampires. There are some werewolves. Not werewolves, but I don't care. The fucking <laughs> we- sort of werewolves show up as well. And it's fucking middle of the road, boring bullshit. You don't like the woodland setting and the logs? <laughs> it's woods with some flowers, I guess. It, it does have one moment of a dream sequence where there's blood everywhere. That's cool. Yeah. That's the only bit that made I thought cool. that was really interesting. I was like, oh, that's going to play into... Nope, that doesn't mean anything. Just a metaphor for getting married to a corpse. I guess so, yeah. And there's some... That Twilight does this so much. Especially me watching it as a 31-year-old was a very weird experience, me going in. Mm. Having heard so much of the pop culture around it and all that kind of stuff, and hearing about this wedding and this scene or whatever. The dress. The dress, etc. It was like... None of it lives up to any of that hype, and most of it is just boring shit. And this is true about this wedding. The acting is terrible, universally. Somehow, someway, and I know we've talked about this between the three (laughs) of us before, somehow, someway, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson have turned into like two of the most interesting, gifted actors of their generation because they survived this bollocks. It just it highlights how bad those scripts must be. Seriously, yeah. Pattinson is wooden and boring and just the op- whatever the opposite of charisma. He's so charismatic in real life. He's weird, don't get me wrong. Mm. He's super awkward and weird in it's real life as well. Neither of them want to be there. Yeah, exactly. And Pattinson has nothing Pattinson, but terrible things Pattinson's to say about like, his experience. I just want to be in a hole, like eating crisp, like licking the inside of a crisp packet and listening to like dubstep. There's a there's and a brilliant Christian Stewart's just like I'm gay as hell. Yeah, get me out of here. Yeah. There's a brilliant interview with Pattinson and he was talking about his conversation with his agent. I think it was around the sort of eclipse sort of time 
and he was like faking being method and like really <laughs> going deep and like listening to loads of like emo bands and stuff and mm. just being a mopey dickhead and he got a call from his agent they were like hey rob how's it going yeah yeah, yeah. i hear you're like trying a new thing you know um maybe don't do that they're gonna kick you off the fucking movie mm-hmm. like, what i'm you know i'm just being I'm, I'm embracing the the vibe you know like no 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 just be a fucking actor and don't be a fucking 22-year-old crybaby. That, that's hilarious because there's a quote from him where he's like, you only hear of actors doing method stuff when they're, when they're assholes. No one's like, oh, he was a ho- so nice the whole time because exactly. he was staying in character. Yep, yep. And he basically did it as a joke to be like, like a method of vampire, fuck it. I'm, I'm, what are they going to do? Kick me off the franchise? And I'm like, yes, they're going to kick you off the franchise, Rob. You need to stop doing that yeah. right now. This isn't Morbius, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the peak of vampire cinema like Morbius is, Rob Pattinson. Good Lord. Anyway, the, the wedding is so uninteresting. There's boring-ass music, again, that everybody around that era suddenly had played as their song at their first dance, whatever. I've heard it, but I listened to it earlier today. Can't remember how it goes. I couldn't tell you what it was. Boring fucking middle Mr. of the road. Side? Nope. Oh, I don't know. That's the other song you don't know, Matthew. Nope. I've heard, I know. I know. I've heard it. But if you were to ask me now to like, I find that fast. Give you anything? We, that came up on the Discord not too long yeah. ago. Oh, really? It blew people's minds. Oh shit! Well, then, yeah. I had the revelation of like, and Matt doesn't know Mr. Brightside, and everybody went, "What the <laughs> fuck?" Like, yeah. But yeah, the the lack of imagination, the fact that they could have done something really interesting, and that is so true across this entire fucking franchise that it could have done something interesting. But because of the weird fucking hyper-conservative bollocks that goes around the creation of these films and the books, yeah, there's so much restriction. You can't do anything cool or interesting with any of this shit. So there's like the old school, we talked about it in our censorship episode, funnily enough, that we did uh, not too long ago. We were talking about for one of our patron-exclusive episodes. Yes. We talked about like limits of kissing and stuff like that. Oh, you can't kiss for more than three seconds. There was weird shit in that because Stephanie Meyer's a weird Mormon and there's a whole thing. Yeah. And the the kiss that they share is one of the weirdest kisses I've ever seen on in cinema. They do the like Robert Pattinson opens his mouth to go for like the big cinema snoggy snoggy kiss. And then quickly closes his mouth as he comes into contact with Kristen Stewart. And he's doing the Homer Simpson eating crisps thing. <laughs> vampire, isn't he? Yeah. It's like he's just about to be a vampire. It looks like a grandiose big kiss, but the actual kissing itself is chased. It looks like a big snog in theory mm. until you actually look. And it's like, oh, they're pecking each other on the lips. This is fucking weird. <laughs> and the camera pans round them as they're doing this kiss, and it's supposed to be like, oh, this is so romantic. It's like they're the only two people in the world. Blah, blah, blah. I've because, never experienced that in my fucking life. Because everyone disappears. Like, the five million people, because it's a massive fucking wedding, by the way. Yeah. There's like 200 people, all their friends and family and fucking vampires and whatever, a priest, sort of, but not really. <laughs> they all disappear, and it's just empty <laughs> chairs and they're doing their weird little Mormon pecky kisses, and it's like, okay, you could have done like some symbolism or something interesting, 
I would just leave all the fucking empty chairs there. I kind of... It I, just looks cold and dead and weird. Yeah, I get I get what they're going for, I get the, That's it. I, I get, get it. the intention, but it's just shot like it's a just, bag of shit. It's fucking cheesy. It's rote. So, funnily enough, this film and Melancholia came out in the same year, 2011. Yes, yeah, true. And I can remember watching like a supercut of films at the end of the year. Oh, God. Um, and it put like wedding scenes from this film and melancholia like near each other in the montage Ooh. and so they're kind of connected in my brain right and i and i can't see it's like i can i have a real vivid like memory of like robert pattinson standing there looking really like weird and pale like the vampires in twilight weird do weird contact just, lenses yeah and just like weird pallid skin that but not it's like pallid but not pale i don't know it's greasy yeah yeah um, weird. like stood at uh the, the 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 altar while charlotte rampling is saying like personally i detest weddings no <laughs> never to have one <laughs> yeah Th- those two just look there's not the like seeing each other for the first time and crying moment she looks deathly nervous by the way she's fucking 17 and they oh, jo- yeah, and they joke yeah. they joke about that. They look like they're going through customs with all the drugs in their arse. Yes, they do. And it's like, is, n- is she a sure. vampire about that? Point? No, no, she's not. No, no. That's a big part of that chess because they fuck once. Yes. Yeah, because they he... break the room. Yeah. Like, she's like, what an amazing night. She's remembering he, all the things. He, and he goes over the bruises. Spoiler alert! I nobody oh, gives oh, a shit. Oh, oh. Um, he turns her into a vampire to save her from the baby that will eat oh, her from yes. the inside. Yes, to eat her out. Yeah, yeah. I I know that they like break the bed Correct. and then it, he, she's like in injured the, in, after having had sex in, the, in weird, the most like... vanilla boring bollocks fucking sex <laughs> you've ever seen in your life yeah he also from two probably bed. very horny weirdos who would do i imagine interesting stuff yeah uh, the film's like <laughs> you imagine they should... probably had some very interesting yeah. sex the it's two like, of them let's have the sheets pulled up to my shoulders and it's like what yeah it's <laughs> such it's so filtered through like yeah modern neoconservative so, bollocks the whole thing is they can't have sex until they're married then they're mm. married but they can't have sex because she's human and he's gonna mm. break her um they have, but they have they have sex one time and she gets pregnant correct yes because yep. it's super yes yeah she keeps trying to seduce him and it's like uh-huh. no so we just played a lot of no, chess I, sexy I sexy do, chess i don't want to hurt you it's fucking, just too big i'm too sexy it's um, fucking awful yeah and then 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 sure enough like oh we're glad we have the sex because now there's a vampire baby eating its way out of you yeah and it becomes an abortion thing i was like oh yeah okay it's a whole thing and the scene that gets me going at the fucking wedding no absolutely not the one you keep pausing on yeah one for the wank bank is when fucking jacob shows up oh yeah the guy that has been active (laughs) (laughs) pretty much they pretty much do that but again in a really muted dull way where yeah. there could be some interesting shit here, but no, everybody's just kind of cool with each other for no reason. If, if you say werewolf at the vampire wedding, my oh, brain goes like, that's that a, sounds that, fucking that's awesome. That's a fucking <laughs> D&D one shot to tell your grandkids about. Yeah. Have you ever walked into a wing of a museum? And No. Tim, I have seen you in wings of museums. <laughs> but you didn't walk into it. He walked around. I okay. skateboard through all museums. Oh, <laughs> that is absolutely true. God, you're no, cool, too. Imagine you're just going through and you're like, oh, this is all interesting. And you step into one small little room and you poke your head in. And after about four steps, you go, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you step out. That's every guest at this fucking wedding. Yeah. It's like, I'll just go along. 
Hmm. I feel like. Yeah. No, I'm just going to leave. It's like, so, no, that's the same energy leaving and going. It's like, what the fuck is this? So, yeah, they joke about her age. They're like, oh, she must be pregnant if they're getting married and she's only 17. I'm like, that's that's not comfortable. That's weird. Yeah. It's already uncomfortable, the fact that you're just addressing it. It's the whole thing of like, if you make fun of it, it's fine. Like, nope, still bad. Yep. Still gross. He's still 100 years older than yep. her or whatever S- it is. Still definitely happens. Definitely. In... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, nonce. Um, <laughs> uh, nonce. <laughs> but the thing with Jacob, he has been an actual asshole to her. He's been physically uncomfortable, like un- not abusive, maybe is a strong word, but he's physical with her in a very uncomfortable way. Mm. He's emotionally manipulative, and then what? All these people are fucking toxic. <sighs> Who knew? And then he shows up and he's like, oh, I know it's neutral ground or whatever, but, you know, I just had to be here. Like, what? Because almost like the surprise from the best man in love, actually, it was Edward's idea and he invited him and it was all like a big truce thing. So she dances with her weird wolfy ex-boyfriend in the woods in secret from the rest of everyone else at her own wedding as if that's all right. Imagine if your fucking ex-girlfriend showed up that your wife asked uh, to be there. Oh. And then it was like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Just don't tell my family, but you can go off and dance with her in the, the woods for a bit. The only reason like, what an ex would the turn fuck? up would be so M could, in her glory of her wedding dress, murder them. Stab yes, fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, haven't Jacob and Edward, like, physically fought each yes. other in the past. Yes. yes. They tried to kill each other like two yeah. films ago. I think it's one of those like, I've done this as a favor to you because I love you so much, bro. But also, looking over to like, Jacob, yeah. I won. You have, that, you that have is literally what happened. Three and a half minutes for this dance and after that, I'm breaking your neck off. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm I'm bre- giving, and I'm breaking yeah. her pelvis. <laughs> I give this to you because I am in charge of the situation. It's like, yeah. And then Jacob's like, but I'm going to fuck your daughter. Ah! That's a thing. So yeah, it's a garbage movie with a garbage wedding. I wanted to bring it up just because I wanted to fuck with you. Should um, anyone help, you know, speak now for every whole piece? And Jack goes, "Yes, nope," <laughs> <laughs> and wanders uh, out like yes. he's in a museum. Uh, werewolves at the wedding, please. Thank you very much. Yeah, I want a yeah. bloodbath. It's fucking awful. Um, like I said, Eclipse is the only good one because it actually has writing and stuff. The five million other ones are bollocks, and this is possibly the worst one. So. You're welcome, everybody. The thing is, as well, just to cap this off here, these things will never go away in cinema. Oh. We'll always have these things. What, I, I vampires saw a, and werewolves and weddings. At weddings, specifically, yeah. No, no, I meant, I meant specifically that uh, wedding films and things about this because I saw a trailer when I was watching, actually, I have all these, Bullet Train and Nope, or uh, the new George Clooney and Julia Roberts film. Oh, um, yes, where they're like exes and the daughter's yes. getting married. Ticket to Paradise. That's it. And it's like, oh, we're divorced, we hate each other, but our daughter's getting married, and we don't like him, so we're going to try and steal the ring and scupper. It's like, what the fuck is this? And it's presented like, what a wacky comedy! It's like, and it's also directed by uh, Tandy Waynington's husband, oddly enough. But it's still like, this looks fucking terrible. Yeah. I mean, like, monstrously Come terrible. Come see these really likeable actors play awful people. Yeah. It's like, no, oh, thanks. we're going to play a, a, a track now, we're going to play a big old... Uh, you know, for the oldies, and it's jump around by House of Pain. It's like, oh, back from my day. It's like, oh my god, what is this fucking film? So they're always going to be there, as long as as, as cinema is eternal. 
Well, speaking of eternal cinema, let us know what you think of movie weddings. Cap off this interseason with us. This is, as I said, the interseason finale before we start season 11 in the near future. So please do let us know. Hit us up on social media. We are Sequelizers on Twitter and Instagram. Drop some comments. Please do let us know what you think. Of course, if you want to have like a post-show chat and stuff like that, yeah, it usually happens on our Discord, which you can find by going to sequelizers.com, clicking on the link that says Discord. You just get a little invite. It's all free. You just get straight in. And there's like 200 people in there now. Very, yeah. Very cool. Very, very awesome community. And the three of us are there as well. And we basically, like you said, have a post-show chat, basically. People will be chatting about old episodes, current episodes, and loads of other stuff, even outside of the podcast. So if you want music recommendations, video games, politics, even parenting tips, we have a whole channel about parenting. As a, a, There's a lot of uh, new mothers, fathers, and parents in, in our community, which is very cool to see. So, yeah, lots of cool stuff happening on the Discord. Of course, you can follow me on social media. I am JLW Chambers. If you're interested in SEO and all that kind of stuff, I do another podcast called Search with Candor, which you can find every Monday morning on your podcast app of choice. Matthew, how can people find you on the internet? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z. You can also go to theredrighthand.co.uk for read my reviews. You can go to cheeseman.com to see the things that I make. You can also search for Sumo Drop by the BBG Wrestling Channel, my sumo wrestling coverage, which should start up again pretty soon. 11th of September will be the first episode of the September Basho. Um, Tim, will you make me the happiest man alive and dance with this werewolf? Jack, <laughs> Jack, please, I'm doing something here. It's very important, okay? It's not every day you get to ask this question. <clears throat> will you, Tim, make me the happiest man alive and tell me what your Twitter handle is, please? <laughs> Uh, of course I will. Oh, oh it worked out. Bit drama, bit comedy dun, with Jack. Dun, dun, yeah. you fucker. But we, we, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to go to Vegas for me to reveal that information because my parents will never agree to it. Always fucking Vegas with you, Tim. Yep. Tim loves a bit of Vegas. Uh, my Twitter handle is trivia underscore lad. Uh, you can go there for whatever nonsense I am spouting into the world. <laughs> I just it's not wrong. Yeah. I think my last tweet was a very stupid joke about the Punisher's Punisher, yeah. social media accounts. I like um, it. All marriage proposals will be considered uh, and uh, given, given you know, the appropriate heft. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Be warned, your prayers are answered in the order they're received. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's me. Awesome. Well, as I said at the top of the show, if you can, you can support us on Patreon dot com slash sequelizers please do leave us a review on your podcast app of choice as well especially things like spotify apple Podcasts, google podcasts all that kind of stuff helps spread the word feel free to share us on social media and all that kind of stuff the word of mouth stuff really really helps us out as well and as i said next time you hear from us it'll be fucking season 11 holy hell and if you're a patreon you'll be getting a movie commentary holy hell yeah Look forward to that. It's a big one. We're kicking off with a big one, as we often do. Holy hell. Holy hell, indeed. You listen very carefully, listeners. There's a clue there. There is not. <laughs> <laughs> Shit the bed at season 11. Yeah. I don't know if you catch first. Yeah. Thanks for listening. See you soon. Bye.
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.